Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from the Rowdy Palomino Club, located just a few miles off the Pacific Coast Highway, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the gang gets silly drunk on St. Arnold's Santo Beer as they smoke Alpha Diffuser Maduro cigars and have a total blast discussing the classic 1978 Burt Reynolds stuntman classic, Hooper. Matt, you have classic in there twice. Discussing the classic 1978 Burt Reynolds stuntman classic, Hooper. Classic. Boy, they sure don't make them like that anymore, folks. And I'm referring to both the movie and the man with the legendary mustache. Burt fucking Reynolds. What a stud. That dude was going bald on Gunsmoke when I was a little kid. And he's still studly enough to be banging Archer's mom umpteen decades later. He's got a full head of hair. Well, it sounds like our crew of tipsy, non-mustache numbnuts are going to have more fun tonight than Bert and his boys at an open bar. As if that's humanly possible. So sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. LAX is a whole new breed of podcasters coming along. They're younger, they're stronger, tougher than us. They don't take pills, they don't drink, they don't take shots. Hmm. They use little pocket calculators hmm. to figure out all their podcasting problems. And if we don't watch out, they're going to blow us right to kingdom fucking come. Hmm. True. But if we drink enough, we'll forget they're out there and everything will be fine. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Uh, speaking of depressing shit, good gravy. The local elections over finally. Yeah. Yes. What was that yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys vote? Yes. It's a lie. Uh, the political commercials seem especially brutal this year, in like weird ways. Like really, How so? like really nasty stuff. 
and they were concentrating on things that like had nothing to do with like the job of this is Texas that's the way it's done of the office this is about integrity values Cody Leshker once agreed to bring the potato salad to a community picnic when he arrived 15 minutes late it was discovered that he in fact brought cream corn casserole instead of the promised potato salad leaving picnic organizers heartbroken and in total disarray cream corn Texas no thanks, Cody Lesker. Hey, cut, cut him some slack, man. That was, that was a long time ago. I even made cut him a break, huh? Yeah. All right, then. Jason Ron Tuttle believes that one man should be making decisions for all the reproductive organs of Texas women. And who's the perfect one man for the job, according to Jason Tuttle? That's right. Mr. Anti-Vagina himself, Mr. Jason Ron Tuttle. Do you want Jason Tuttle lurking around your fallopian tubes? I know I don't. Do we have fallopian tubes? No. No, no. Could we just go back to talking about the potato salad? (laughs) (laughs) Those young podcasters I was talking about, you think they've ever found a way to work in cream corn casserole and fallopian tubes into the same, same opening? That's why we've got the experience. That's why we're who we are. That's why I am the hooper of podcasting. And I just want to go on the record to say that cream corn casserole is delicious. Obviously, you made the decision for everybody. This is what you're having. Hoping nobody was wanting the potato salad. <laughs> no, I always love the love the commercials, man. It's like, oh my god. She will stand against Obama. You're you're running for the school board. <laughs> She wants to take away your guns. Sally Davis for local librarian. What the? F- <laughs> oh, dude, it it's over until the runoffs. Until the runoffs. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, uh, welcome everybody to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode sixty-nine. Hmm. How about that? Why can't we just talk about sixty-nine for a while? I agree. Well, if you remember on episode 59, I, I went into a big thing on <laughs> 69. Right, right. So I thought, you know what, we kind of, that, that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, speaking of this episode 69, you know what comes after 69, don't you? 70. If you're not discriminating enough, mouthwash. <laughs> oh. You know, statistically, in all seriousness, a lot of podcasts do not get to episode 70. They just don't do it. This is true. They usually get right up to 69, and that's such a mouthful, they, they stop right there. Uh, all right, all right, I'll knock it off. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Unrelated to the other stuff, out of sheer curiosity, do any of you two boneheads know what the square root of 69 is? 32 and a half. 34 and a half. Eight something. <laughs> oh, jeez. The Hooper of podcasting. Not the Hooperman, Wait, the John that, Ritter of podcasting. Wasn't Hooper like the end of Burt Reynolds' career? No, it was beginning. No, I'm pretty sure it was the end. Well, we'll go over that later. But uh, no, it was 78. He had a lot of good stuff left in the tank. He had an uncannibal run for Pete's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was more of a Don DeLuise movie. 
Uh, more of a Jerry Reed movie. No, that was Smokey and the Bandit. I never saw that. What? Uh, we're going to get into a lot of Burt Reynolds talk later, folks. Um, and well, more on that um, in just a second. It's th- I'm going to be quite up front here at this stage. Uh, we are doing the Burt Reynolds film Hooper. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna be saying Hooperman all night. That Hooperman, Hooperman stupid John Ritter show. <laughs> I mean that awesome John Ritter show that you love so much. That's right. Um, no. We're gonna no. be talking about Hooper, Burt Reynolds, um, stuntman movie from 1978. Some say the greatest stuntman movie uh, ever made. Is um, it the only stuntman movie that they ever made? No, there was the stuntman. I missed that. Um, actually got some Oscar nominations. Oh. That was a little bit later, maybe. Okay. That was a Richard Rush film, the director of Color of Night. He got a director nomination for The Stuntman. Uh, and I want to say uh, James Caan was in that. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Um, anyway, we are doing Hooper. Um, the reason being, um, we, mu- we may be interviewing here on this episode an actual legendary stuntman. Um, so kind of everything on the show tonight was geared around around <laughs> that. Uh, we uh, we kind of made contact with uh, with a, a gentleman, and um, we're logistically um, we've been we've been trying to hammer out a way to make it happen. But uh, essentially, the beer, the cigar, the movie, everything kind of revol- to make it work revolves around that. So if you watch or listen to the show, and there's no interview. Um, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Uh, know that there was a method to our yeah. pairing madness. Or we just um, shoot the interview later. Uh, yes, and there yeah, you go. we do have a little window of time after the recording night where we could do it, but we're all going to have to wear the same clothes, or else it's going to look weird. No, I mean just release it as a, its own standalone, man. Just oh no, now he's talking crazy. Now he's talking like those young podcasters, standalones. <laughs> no. Get that man some corn, cream corn casserole. I'm all about adapting to the new generation, man. Not me. Not me. They uh, had to be accepting of Jan Michael Vincent. Speaking of adapting, uh-huh. you got a little mustache growing there? I couldn't tell if it was your beer, yeah, your beer so, foam or your... I was so inspired by the movie that once we watched it, I had to start start growing it. Growing a Burt Reynolds stash, huh? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I'm hoping it'll be more of a Tom Selleck. I tried to get uh, Yak Boy to wear it to bring a Burt Reynolds toupee, but he yeah, he, we don't have the funds for that. Yeah, <laughs> we're not that kind of a podcast yet. No, but those young kids would. How are we gonna get a Burt Reynolds? Those young kids are probably like raising goats and then shaving the goats and making their own toupees. That sounds like work. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're gonna have fun. Interview or no interview, uh, we're gonna we're gonna. How can you not have fun with a classic Burt Reynolds? Um, Burt Reynolds flick, a shitload of beer, and, uh, and a good-looking stogie. Yeah. You guys ready? Yeah, I am ready. All right, let's do this. All right, well, you know what? Let me... Um, I really, really am dying for a cigar, so let me... Let's do that first. Um, and talk about the beer so we can uh, start living our lives, damn it. And then we can talk about everything else. Um, tonight's cigar is the Alpha Diffuser. Sorry. Alpha Diffuser Maduro by Alpha Cigar Company. If you remember, I believe we've ran into them before. We have on our big absinthe episode. They were the absinthe guys. Uh, we, we smoked one of their absinthe infused cigars, and um, we actually not abs not 
infuse cigar fans per se. We actually really wished it had more absinthe present in it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just a good normal tasting cigar. We didn't really pick up on uh, much of the absinthe. So this is um, no absinthe. This is just their straight traditional Maduro cigar. Um, it is a six and a half by fifty-two torpedo. Um, the wrapper is San Andreas Maduro, which you could probably tell just by looking at it. Uh, binder Dominican, filler Dominican, and Nicaraguan. Uh, talk about MSRP price point uh, at the end of the show. Here's what uh, from the Alpha website. I got the following info. Dark and luscious San Andreas Maduro wrappers have entered a new golden age. And the Alpha Cigar Company Diffuser is a rare Maduro cigar that stands above the rest. It offers the combination of earthiness, spice, and sweetness that the ideal San Andreas wrapper bestows on a cigar with great aging potential due to the oils in the wrapper. I've actually had these aging ever since that absinthe episode, so maybe a year. Yeah. So, um, Upholding Cuban traditions, the cigars are rolled in pairs and then bunched in the Cuban entubado style for optimal draw. That's where the uh, filler leaves are rolled, remember, like little scrolls of mm -hmm. paper? And um, then bunched inside the binder to give you better airflow. Um, we did one of those. If it, I believe it was the oh the Guayacan. Use the use the entubado entubado uh, process. Cuban seed Peloto Cubano leaves make up the filler of these medium-bodied cigars, with the native Ola Dominicano leaf making up the binder. Close enough. Something like that. I'm going to applaud you. <laughs> I, mean, I tried to work on my Burt Reynolds laugh. <laughs> I just Don Deloise. <laughs> I really wanted to get a good Burt Reynolds laugh. I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. I don't think anybody can do it. No, no. it's real tough. Uh, but if you hear like a sound like a wounded bird throughout the night, that's, plus I'm getting, I'm starting to get a cold. It, that, I, if it weren't for the cold, I, I would have nailed it. Um, so anyway, that's what we're doing. Uh, it's just a, a, a San Andreas um, Mexican wrapped cigar, which kind of ties in with the beer a little bit tonight. A wee bit. A wee bit. What are we drinking? We're drinking beer. All right. Now moving on. No. And watching. <laughs> um, oh, <God>. Please don't. <laughs> uh. Sorry. We are drinking from the St. Arnold Brewing Company. They're Santo. Uh, they have not sold out yet, correct? Still independent. Still independent. Good, good, good. Uh, St. Arnold, uh, located in Houston, Texas, named after the patron saint of brewing, which in English is St. Arnold. Painter, pa oh. Patron saint of brewing. Really? St. Arnulf of Metz. Uh, founded in 94 by a gentleman uh, name of Brock Wagner and Kevin Bartle. Uh, they've been going strong ever since, expanding, growing. Uh, we are have had, I think, what? We did their Oktoberfest. We did their Oktoberfest Oktoberfest. and the uh, Fancy Lawnmower. Yep, the Lawnmower. Mm, no, we didn't do it. Yeah, we did. No, we did. Yeah. Pretty sure we did not. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we totally did. I think I would remember a fancy lawnmower. 
No, he fell off oh, that did lawnmower. We, did we do it with uh, Can't Buy Me Can't Love? Because he's running around on that lawnmower. That's right. Yeah. All right. That's that's good pairing. <laughs> that's good pairing right there. <laughs> and obviously a very memorable beer. Very, very memorable. Uh, the Santo is, as the uh, St. Arnold labels it, a black Kolsch. A black which, Kolsch. Which, which does not exist. It does not exist. Which really makes no sense. But anyways, the reason they describe it as such is that uh, in the recipe, they they added uh, to the normal Kolsch recipe the addition of Munich and black malts. <laughs> that wasn't funny. Sorry. Uh, they describe it as being a light-bodied and floral, yet with a distinctive dark malt flavor. Their goal was to create a refreshing beer that would pair perfectly with the plate of enchiladas. See? Mexican wrap cigar, beer made to go with enchiladas. The, uh, and uh, if you notice the well, label artwork... Will we a Mexican wrestler? A luchador? Mm, that would be sweet. No, but we are perhaps interviewing someone who may have done some work with a man named Arnold. Oh, oh, okay. Go on. So there you go. Saint Mr. Arnold. Todd Bridges. <laughs> Todd Bridges. The uh, the bottle, the artwork, a uh, little uh, sugar skull with a crown on it. It's done by a Houston artist, Carlos Hernandez, who is well known for his Day of the Dead rock star series of paintings and prints. Carlos Hernandez is a Hispanic name. Yes. yes. Dynamite observation. You know, I had a feeling that maybe wearing this denim shirt in the spirit of Burt Reynolds would dumb me down a little bit. Usually guys who wear a lot of denim, I find, aren't the sharpest. Uh, I mean, if it's a good quality item. I mean, I mean layers of <laughs> denim, you know. <laughs> denim shirt, denim vests. I looked for a denim cowboy hat. Couldn't find it. They oh, exist. they're around. They exist. They're around. Um, but I'm clearly on top of my game. So that is correct. Uh, I am losing my voice, kind of. So if I drink a little more than usual tonight, it's for oh, okay. medicinal. Yeah, yeah. I got to keep my throat lubed up, guys. I got to do it. Well, I'm digging the black Kolsch. Their first impressions. Never uh, had it. Never I, had it before. I have, I have never heard any of a Kolsch beer, and so I was interested as to what, how would this taste in compa- comparison? Uh, the Kolsch style by itself. Is it's a German style, so it's German yeah. beer. I mean, uh, from originally from Köln, Germany. German beer to pair with enchiladas? Exactly. Oh man! Who would think these things? Carlos Hernandez. <laughs> I well, he just he, he just, just did the he artwork. Just he just did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> let's no, not short, like let's not short like change, it. Carlos. Given every time I think every time I think of an amber and I like order an amber and I've got a specific taste in my mouth that I'm wanting and it never delivers because that's not what an amber's profile is I'm thinking this profile I actually am a little bit creamy uh, it's kind of like a negro modelo except creamier and, but uh, it's got a little a, more, a little crisper than a, uh, yeah. a negro yeah it is it's got a nice kind of crisp uh, front end to it um, a little bit a little bit of malts. Yeah, on the back end, but uh, really nice flavor. Yeah, it really is. Little car- do you get a little caramel? I do, but nothing like crazy offensive. Uh, no. like, like you, you know, you find it. It's, uh, it's really going down <laughs> super easy. Uh-huh. Uh, the fact say, that well, I am at the bottom of my glass. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, oh. you're keeping it. You're keeping up, buddy. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, we forgot some of the most it's important like you information. Kicked a mule. <laughs> the uh, the Santo is uh, ABV is four point seven, oh, and it so only has an IBU of seventeen. Yeah, there's so no, there is no bitterness. No, uh, no bitterness at all. Unlike with the three of us. <laughs> um, all right, well, pretty low ABV, so if, if this trend continues and we're just pounding these bugs down, we'll probably be okay. Um, first, Tut, I'm going to let you get a chance to let up. You uh, you lit up the cigar first. Um, um, really tight. Uh, I actually clipped... You might want to clip a little bit deeper. Yeah, you're going to have to clip deeper. I, I clipped before the show when we were doing photographs. I just barely... I always try to go not as you know yeah. not as deep, and then I'll just kind of play it by ear. Uh, I actually had to trim it about two more times to, to get some good airflow. It's a very tightly packed cigar, which is weird because of the... Oh, yeah, you can eat, you can tell that. The intubato uh, process, you know, is, is yeah. the, the benefit being airflow. Yeah, and um, I had to re- I had to really chop a chop a chunk of this. Uh, yeah, that's why I was trying I was trying to keep my yeah right face from showing when you were like yeah the intubato helps in airflow and I'm like eh it is I mean just something to do with the uh, torpedo. Uh, just squeezing the cigar, it's very firm. Yeah, I mean there's no give in this uh, in this baby. Having said that, but here's what I will say: now that it's heated up a little bit and it's all you know. He gets heated up a little softer, and I am, you know, uh, pulling smoke on the draw now. Um, it does to me. First impression is that classic San Andreas uh, spice. Yeah, uh, I like to actually uh, on the cold draws getting a little bit of cocoa, uh, nice little chocolate flavor in there, which is really yeah, good. It's really and sweet, I, and I really don't get that a lot on cold draws. Uh, and then on the light, at least on the on the first light. I think I'm getting a little bit of graham sweetness on the retro hill. Uh, kind of like it. I'm not really getting a lot of pepper and spice off it's of fun. it. I uh, it's already died. I'm very. I'd say it's first half inch, uh, but it's already a little bit softer. No, yeah. I'm not getting graham. Until you play this, and get a little bit of that creaminess though. Yeah. Which uh, is not traditionally associated with a, a San Andreas cigar. All right, well, you just lit up. Um, there is uh, an object in the middle of the table. Um, I feel free to jump in with anything on the on the cigar, or the beer, guys. I, I do think they're going to pair early on, oh, yeah. very very well together. Um, there is a, a big glass object here in the middle of the table. Uh, don't be alarmed. No one's no one's passed away. Um, recently, but uh, there was a big stink the other night. The Academy Awards were on. I there's an article on our website I wrote I think last year on why I don't watch yeah. uh, award shows. I but, actually think we were watching something, weren't we? Oh yeah, we were out here watching. Yeah, we Hooper. were at, we were in the corner. No, Hooper that's Hooper, right. Man. Everybody's watching the Oscars. We were watching fucking Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I will stop. I, I hope so. I will. Why do you make this a uh, corner of lies? <laughs> <laughs> There's no stopping. <sighs> oh, I want to laugh like it so much. I tried. Hours I tried. <laughs> That's pretty That's good. That's getting close. That is. is I, need, I need at least 10 more of these. <laughs> is his better than mine? Yes. Yeah, because when I heard his, I knew, <laughs> oh, what, yes. I knew what it was. <laughs> 
Yeah, it didn't it's quite I, When that. I point to you, you do I, I just can't do it on commands. <laughs> Got to work into it. It's a lot no. of pressure, man. It's a lot of pressure. All right, well, I guess every year they fuck up and they leave some people out of the in, what do they call it, in memoriam? Yeah. yeah. The little montage of people who've died throughout the year. And, of course, they left out Toby Hooper, the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. and Fools. Um, but I guess, you know, most people don't care about that. Yeah. But a lot of people got up in the stink. They forgot Adam West. Yeah. Um, who most people think of TV, um, Batman and whatnot. But it just so happens um, he's in our movie tonight. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what? The Oscars shit all over his grave. Um, why don't we just take a brief moment to uh, we'll, we'll give we'll give Adam his uh, his due because uh, he isn't such an interesting screen presence. Um, he's very unique, and I don't even know if we discussed it when he died on no on the show. No. I don't think we did. No, uh, it's not like I'm a diehard Adam West fan or anything. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? The guy had a long career up till the very end, and you know his kids and probably his. Seems like a guy who has several ex-wives. I could be wrong on that. <laughs> Three. Three? Well, well, technically he has two ex-wives, and his, his he last wife he ended up being, uh, well, I mean, they were together for almost 50 years. Oh, well. All right. Um, but um, I'm sure they were all watching the Oscars, waiting for that moment where Dad's c- comes up on the thing. And then when he didn't come, so you know what? The Tuesday Cigar Club is going to take care of you. Um, Yak Boy? Tell us a little bit. Right. In memorandum, Adam West. Man, I like that. Tell us a little bit about this man, and, and I mean like a little bit. We don't have much time. We got uh, we got a big show. But I I have like eight pages. Oh God. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, uh, Adam West, born William West Anderson, uh, September nineteenth, nineteen twenty eight, in Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, Walla Walla. Walla Walla. It's, it's, is that it's, two words or one word? It is actually two words. Walla. 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 Okay. Walla Walla, Washington. All right. But uh, he was born to uh, Otto Anderson and his mother, Audrey uh, Valeen, I think. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, after a number of years spent there, his uh, parents ended up getting a divorce. And uh, he moved away with his uh, mom uh, over... Time he eventually worked his way to uh, Hawaii, where he started acting. Ended up in a little uh, local show there. It was his first part, and kind of just took off from there. Going through various things, he ended up in uh, a lot of uh, productions during the fifties. Uh, Geronimo, uh, the Outlaws coming. Uh, he ended up doing uh, various movies. Uh, he had you know part with uh, Robinson Crusoe on Mars came out in 64 he also had a part in the last uh, film that the Three Stooges did yeah so and then in he played a 2 by 4 in that I believe yes he wasn't very good then (laughs) Uh, he then luckily he ended up (laughs) uh, got cast as Bruce Wayne in the uh, original uh, television, first television series for Batman in 1966. Uh, he got the part uh, because 
the uh, producer of the show liked his uh, James Bond-like spy performance he did for a Nestle Quick commercial. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He plays a James Bond-type character in tonight's movie. He does. And there's actually, he was under consideration to actually play James Bond. That'd be terrible. Exactly. Uh, di- and <laughs> diamonds are forever. Huh. So Interesting. Thankfully, he didn't get that part. <laughs> Man. It'd be an entirely different franchise. Well, you know, I mean, looking back at it, you know, especially the way he looked right back then, he did kind of have that look. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. It was, his delivery was what set him apart as a different animal, though. Right. So, I mean, Very you know, they made, they made a good choice, but I'm like, you know, he did. He had the look. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. He could have probably been, you know, better than a... Well, I always kind of associated him as... Um, with kind of like Shatner, Dalton. with their yeah, I think we we're all thinking Timothy Dalton when you said that. <laughs> um, I always, I was kind of associating with kind of Shatner as these really good-looking guys that, for whatever reason, never really broke free of their trademark, like Batman or Star Trek or whatever. And Shatner also had that very unique way of speaking. Yeah, um, which you know, I, I just it works when you're comfortable seeing him in the role that you first. Like as yeah. Batman or as Captain Kirk, but you know whenever. But it's he, also really obvious that you know those shows. Uh, how long did Batman run? Two years. Two from years. Sixty six to sixty eight. The initial run of Star Trek was like what? Two years. Three years. Three, Three seasons. Years? Yeah. So you're not talking like uh. you know these big long runs. Same th- same way with uh, Bob Denver with uh, Gilligan's Island. You're not talking these long runs to where you're typecasted all of a sudden, or nobody can get that out of your head, aren't you? Like with our with our age group, yes, because we saw so much, you know, TV reruns. Reruns, yeah. Uh, and then apparently they never worked again after their initial show. Hey, so. shut your mouth, TJ Hooker, baby. Oh, that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some TJ. Heather Locklear, come on. Adrian Zemed. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. It's just I, I I wonder if you're onto something with that whole unique way <laughs> unique way of speaking, speaking and delivering their dialogue i think i think i might Shatner, be. can you try it this way mr west can you try it this way <laughs> i'd love to but uh <laughs> hey that's not bad adam west that actually wasn't <laughs> i didn't practice that at all <laughs> um so a- after um this was 78 he was in hooper uh, yes which we'll talk about him a little bit it's a very small part but well, you know it's great i didn't recognize him at first no, he, uh, a lot, you know, all three of the main actors from the Batman series ended up, you know, they, they had a very difficult time after that series ended because they got, you know, Hollywood just said, oh, you're typecast, you're Batman. Yeah. And told Burt Ward, you're Robin, uh, Yvonne Craig, Batgirl. They, they had a very difficult time. <laughs> Burt Ward, 50 years old, like 250 pounds. Your boy, your boy wonder. <laughs> what the fuck I am? <laughs> I gotta eat. <laughs> but that's not to say, I mean, you know, well, you know, like you know, you just mentioned Star Trek. I mean, they both were on TV at exactly the same time. Yeah, and they ended up both being just absolute cult classics. Yeah, I mean, every. I mean, you know, when someone talks about Batman, somewhere in the back of your mind, you immediately go Adam West, Batman. To this day, he is still my favorite version of Batman on the screen. Uh, hmm. I disagree, but okay. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, come at me with some Christian Bale nonsense. Oh, that's Rich Kate, <laughs> Adam West. 
Uh, right, right. Luke, Luke Cade, I like you. <laughs> no, Cade. No. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll my, lose my voice if I keep doing that. Michael Keaton would be second. I'm a big fan of Michael Keaton. I'm a big fan of Keaton. You know, and everyone actually does give him props for that. Uh, even DC came out in 1985. They put out a uh, uh, basically a, a 50th anniversary publication for Batman, and they basically listed him as one of the honorees that made Batman what he is today. Huh? I mean, yeah. no one would have even an idea of who Batman is. Yeah. Up until that point, other than the comic book readers. Was Burt Ward on that list? No, of course he wasn't. <laughs> what about Burt Ward? Take it off. Take it off. Was he on the list of who made Robin what he is today? Probably not. No. <laughs> okay. But, you know, he ended up going on and, you know, basically, you know, before he passed, the, the body work he did in the last, you know, 10, 15 years really set him in place and moved him beyond Batman, but still, I mean, all, I mean, not just with his cameos within television and movies, but I mean, what we, a lot of what we think about nowadays is his voice work. Yeah. I think it the younger prolific. generation probably strictly knows him as Mayor West on Family Guy. I yeah. mean, it was, he did that for God, what, t- over a decade. Yeah. I mean, um, and was, is, is one, I'm, I'm not one of those snobs who, uh, rolls my eyes at Family Guy. I laugh my ass off at Family Guy. I, 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 I actually a, love Family. I've got Guy. a lot of respect for Family Guy, and he's one of Mayor West had some of the best, the best bits on there. Um, and you could tell West was having fun with it because oh yeah, they give him outrageous shit to do, like <laughs> fighting the Noid from the Dominoes thing. Yeah, or, you know, talking to you know, just there's always something very bizarre with with Mayor West. And uh, from what I understand, the the guy did have just a really good self aware sense of humor. Well, you know, I mean, he took the... After 40 years of being denied and typecasted, you have to develop But he it. literally took that whole concept and he made it his own. Yeah. As opposed to pre- pretending it didn't happen, he owned it. Yeah. He used it yeah. in multiple things. One of my favorite, uh, the Batman the Animated Series, they they, yeah. they did a whole episode to him where they... I mean, he, he got to use his voice, but they talked and the, the character was basically him playing himself as he was as the old Batman on a cartoon of Batman. Oh, wow. It was called The uh, the Grey Ghost. Very meta. It, if, you ever, if you ever get a chance to see Here. it. And then he asked if he could do more of it, and they were like, no. 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 Here, here's Conrad. But, I mean, it was it's one of my favorite episodes. Do you have anything for Burt Ward? No. <laughs> Ask again, you're out of here. <laughs> uh... But sadly, he he passed uh, this past year, June 9th, twenty seventeen. How old a man was he? Eighty eight. Oh, that's a good run. It was a great run. It's a hell of a run. Um, and he was buried in the Batman costume, I believe. I I don't think that's true. So he uh, buried in Bruce Wayne's costume. If by that like you a tuxedo? mean a suit, <laughs> tuxedo. <laughs> no, what I said was fake news. Obviously, no. um, just trying to start trouble. Uh, well, man, I... I mean, he's not dead? No, and he's right. No, he's he's dead. Oh, okay. So that wasn't fake news. Um, they was buried in the Batman suit was fake news. Oh, oh, okay. He was buried with Burt Ward, who, unfortunately, hadn't died yet. (laughs) They just knocked him out and threw him in there. I knew he always lied with Boy Wonder. Get in those little green shoes. (laughs) Let me get in them. I never take them off. 
Uh, is Burt Ward still alive? Yes, he is. He's a little bit younger. Just a little bit. 70s probably by now. What was that Burt Ward movie we used to watch on Laserdisc when we were drunk as skunks back in college? Was it Virgin High? Was he in that? No, Stewart School. Stewart School? I think he was in Virgin High. Probably. I don't know. It's been a while. There was a Laserdisc and he was on it. Um, anyhow, well, thank you for... Uh, that was a beautiful tribute, Yak Boy. Now as we will raise the... Boot of Remembrance in Adam West's honor. I uh, got a little something going in my throat, so I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys take care of the boot tonight. Yeah, well, you, we just poured your beer into the boot, so you will be drinking the boot. <laughs> oh, that's, I guess that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's the way it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, why don't you guys? Uh, so to Adam West, uh, you know, 88 years and. Uh, Fuck you, Oscars for uh, yeah, bad show Oscars, uh, bad, bad, bad Oscars. Man, not like anyone watched them anyway. So yeah, <laughs> take that, liberal Hollywood. All right, boys, was I uh, drink the boot of remembrance, which will officially release Adam West's spirit from um, this mortal plane, this mortal plane, and off into the uh, spiritual uh, afterlife. Uh, he's going to heaven. He's got to. He's a good guy. Uh, but he can't do it until I chug this beer. So why do that? Why don't you guys talk about the cigar a little bit? It's delicious. Tut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll, I'll agree with Tut. I'm getting a little bit of Graham. Yeah, I kind of retro. Yeah, on the retro. And are you getting the creaminess? I am getting. Well, I can't say that I'm. It's. There was a little bit there right when I lit up, and I'm. Maybe the scar will warm up a little more. Yeah, there's just a you know a hint of white pepper. Uh, there is that earthiness to it. Uh, like I said, there is a gram on the on the retro hell that I'm really really kind of liking. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the like the deal. It's like I said, it's a little bit tight, but it's not not you know throwing me off by any means. It's not like turning me off. No, and, and typically you know when the cigar heats up a little bit, um, things, things loosen up. Well, I'm sorry. I'm still. I've got poor Adam is being ripped apart by <laughs> demons. Have his ankles. Angels are tearing at his wrists. Let me, let me release this guy. Only they would finish the boot. All it took for them was to finish the boot, and all it took for them was to finish the boot. Asking these jokers to accomplish a simple task. Man, I, I, did, I did it good that one time. <laughs> I should have called it quits. Went back to the well, man. Man. Yeah, kind of like it. Uh, like I said, there is a there's a little bit of pop now. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit of a uh, not like a heavy pepper, but just a very very light sprinkling of it. Uh, tingles the nose a little bit. I'm actually the a little bit of that initial nose tingles coming back. Uh, man, still not getting the grand, but I just getting a lot of cream on the retro hail and just a really mild uh, cocoa on the, on yeah. the draw, yeah. um, which. Um, for a, a Mexican San Andreas is is I'm expecting more of that power and not so much. I think it's no, the Dominican. No. I think it's the Dominican, Dominican and the filler. It's yeah. smoothing it out a little bit. Yeah, it's a very pleasant smoking cigar. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, uh, and it's going great with the beer. Obviously, we're tearing <laughs> the crap out of it. Uh, 
That's fantastic. I'll take five more. <laughs> um, you guys, I take it, are enjoying the beer? Yes, very I much am. so. Uh, very me much as well. So. Uh, it's it's boy. It's got it's got uh, just like we said that real crisp uh, opener. That just uh, you know what it would go good with enchiladas. It would. What doesn't? That's true. No. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Tut. Ruin everybody's good time. <laughs> Sorry. You don't even eat. You eat cheese quesadillas. No, I eat cheese enchiladas. Mother. Oh, I thought you ate cheese quesadillas. Oh, cheese enchiladas. Oh, I'm sorry for busting your balls. The other night, he was talking about this Mexican restaurant they go to, and he's like, oh, yeah, I get the cheese quesadillas. And I was like... No, the cheese enchiladas. Well, didn't you... Because I was like, what do you get, the kids menu? What adult eats cheese quesadillas for their... I get three with, instead of rice, double beans. Three fried. Yeah. Well, that makes more sense. Cheese and I'm sorry. Now, I, I, you, you got a little bit of respect back tonight. Eh, you're always busting my balls, so it just kind of goes in one ear out the other. <laughs> Except I can't remember what we were watching the other night. Or I looked at. I don't remember being pissed at the time, but apparently when I looked at my face, I was like, "Oh God, man, I'm like staring <laughs> you a hole in the wall." Oh, you were watching last episode? Yeah. No, was it the last episode? I mean, on video, you're watching us, and like, yeah, you yeah. saw you being visibly angry at me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, all right. Uh, well, much like Hooper and his buddies, they punch each other out and get pissed all the time, and the next day they just, ah, sit down. Yeah, I was about to say. Everything's fine. <laughs> Great, I'm going to have to put in some breakaway walls. <laughs> oh, this is never going to work. <laughs> he didn't hit me too hard. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make these chairs out of balsa wood. It's just too <laughs> difficult. Uh, well, uh, it, it just, man, it's just it's a really refreshing um but not, uh, it's it's got a just, it's got a unique taste. I'm trying to, yes. I can't really place it or, or compare it to anything we've had on the show. What the Black Colch? Yeah, it sounds like a superhero name. It does. Black Colch. Black Colch. What's your power? I get people drunk. Your benefit to. Uh, Meanwhile, I, I can see Black Lightning going. Come on, man. <laughs> just, what, what did we have to have black in front of our name? Meanwhile, Sinestro and Black Colch head to the <laughs> Legion of Doom. I heard on uh, the opening episode of Jessica Jones, the new season just came out. Oh, I haven't the seen The Wizard makes an appearance. The Wizard? Isn't that the villain's name? The Wizard? Yes. Yeah, he's on there. Or is it just some homeless guy that, like, <laughs> pees he's all on over stuff? stuff? The Wizard. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> but we'll take it. We'll take it. Do we own the right? Is he one of ours? Yeah, we own the Wizards. Everybody has something. Get that guy a cape. We're just going to call this guy the pisser. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, as long as he's not Iron Fist, I'll see what he's all about. <laughs> Hooper. Hooper. 1978. It's a good year. Turn the boat to the left, Mr. Hooper. Turn the boat to the left, Mr. Hooper. This is a different Hooper. This Hooper's not going around grabbing big chunky asses every chance he gets. <laughs> Well, actually, he probably is. He yes. probably is, yeah. Uh, wait, he does it no, in this he, movie. Wait, he bites people on the ass in this movie. <laughs> he does. He bit her arm. Oh, wait, no, he did no, bite he, the, uh, he, he bit her arm first. <laughs> but then he made the wise choice. Uh, 1978, one of my favorite years. Screenplay by Thomas Rickman uh, of Coal Miner's Daughter fame. 
and Bill Kirby of, well, Hooper fame. With uncredited script work wow. by... That's some, like, heavy names in there. Coal Miner's Daughter was up for an Academy. Yes, and uncredited script work by James Best, a.k.a. Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. Hey! Uh, from the Dukes of Hazard, of course. Roscoe P. Coltrane! He actually worked as both an actor and a producer on several early... Him and Burt Reynolds were buddies. And, Did I know uh, Talk about another one who was typecast. I uh, believe it started back in Gator... In '76, oh, the yeah, yeah. that's where they kind of started working together. Do y'all know what the P stands for in Roscoe P. Coltrane? Peterman. Wrong. Peter Bill. Wrong again. Policeman. Policeman? I don't know. What does it stand for? You're pussy. Hmm. That's not correct. Although that is a joke that would work very well with our interview subject. Ha! <laughs> Look at this guy. Uh. So. <laughs> Uh, so hopefully uh, we have an interview and that'll all make sense. Um, <laughs> from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Raw Deal. Raw Deal. Joey P. Brenner's his name, and the the cop stops him. What's the P stand for, Brenner? Pussy. I remember sitting in the theater with my uncle Bill watching that as a kid, and I was just like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Uh, it's a cat, son. Don't worry about it. No, he told me what it meant. <laughs> I had really cool uncles. My <laughs> uncles were kind of like Hooper. Uh, anyway, uh, Roscoe's middle middle name was Purvis. Purvis. Roscoe Purvis Coltrane. Okay. Knowledge for your ass. Speaking of close friends of Burt Reynolds, the film was directed by legendary filmmaker Hal Needham. Uh, ready for this? Am I saying that right? Needham? Needham? Yeah. Uh, Needham directed such classics as Smokey and the Bandit 1 and 2. All right. Nice. Good job. Nice. Good job. Uh, part 1 came out right the year before Hooper. Yeah, 77. Yep. Uh, Cannonball Run 1 and 2. Ah. Stroker Ace. Man, this guy's just all the classics. I still yeah, say to this day that Stroker Ace is one of the cooler, coolest names for a movie ever. Hey, Stroker Ace was born to race. It could have been any movie about anything. A guy grocery shopping. Stroker Ace. Stroker Ace. Ace. Man, what a name. <laughs> Will you guys start calling me Stroker Ace? No, no, absolutely not. No. I'm wearing the denim shirt. Well. Do I need to take off the undershirt? Yes. I'll put to a vote. Uh, you want the undershirt off? No, I don't. Look at this all night? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> and he oh, also directed. Did you get this? 1986 is rad. What the bike? The bike movie. How do you go from <laughs> just? It's a different time. Apparently so. Look, time. look, Hal. We're not making Burt Reynolds Pontiac Firebird movies anymore. What else you got? Oh, my kid's got a bike. You got it. But it's only because you did Stroker Ace, <laughs> dude. Rad. Wow. Uh, which it seems like a movie we would have done on this show. <laughs> <laughs> totally does. Uh, well, we kind of did a movie similar to it. Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid. Yeah. Well, not to mention a film he made right after tonight's film. This, this film fits in a weird kind of place. Uh, sure, our, 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 our guest would appreciate this. 1979's Looney Tune inspired Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Villain. <gasps> Ah, okay. Oh, I love the video. Think about it. Stunts galore. Yeah. Ah, you're right. A phenomenal performance by Kirk Douglas. A really funny performance by Kirk Douglas. And uh, uh, the name's escaping me. Uh, Chesty McChesterson. 
girl's name in that one? The damsel. Margaret. Dish. And Margaret. And Margaret. That's their names. <laughs> Anne and Anne Margaret. And Margaret. Whew. Um, so obviously he's a director very familiar with stunts, looking at all these films. Because uh, not only due to his directorial work, he's a stunt man and a stunt coordinator for decades, going back to the 50s. I mean, this guy, you know, this guy's jumping off buildings on flames in his sleep. Interesting. That's actually what killed him. No. Well. Uh, we'll do a boot for him some other night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, very... Well, for a movie with... about the greatest stuntman of all time, you, you got the right director for the job. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, you guys want to start off? You got, real quick on the cigar before we get into Hooper. During the break, uh, I was still having just a... I wasn't getting yeah. the airflow out of this thing I should have, and I had cut it a little bit more. Um, so I basically took a nub tool, one of these guys. It's basically a roach clip for cigars, um, but it's got two very sharp spikes on it. And I sunk it in uh, the end. Tuttle saw me doing it. And uh, seeing as I'm one of the 11 top cigar experts in the universe, according to a website, he followed my lead and he said it No, worked. I had to make sure that it worked first. <laughs> it did. It did. Absolutely did. Opened it right up. Now it's smoking beautifully. But Cody said he didn't have a problem with it. No. So, uh, two out of three had a super tight draw that needed yep. a lot of help. Yours is yours is fine. Yep. Solid. Super straight burn line. Yeah. Construction is fantastic. I'm uh, still getting a, a mild cocoa mm-hmm. with a cream on the yeah. on the retro. A little bit of spice. Um, my verdict at this point is just, it's, 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 I'm not getting a lot of anything. Uh, I'm not getting a lot of complexity, but it, the, the flavor profile I am getting is very enjoyable. Agreed. And, uh, you know, I'm not even halfway, so maybe this baby will throw some new stuff at me. And it's going great with this delicious beer. It is. I'm going to wet my whistle briefly, and then we'll get into Hooper. Mr. Hooper, fire up the boat, please. His quit from Jaws is worse than my Burt Reynolds laugh. (laughs) We start things oh, off. Oh, that's like the uh, Australian <laughs> accent I had on, on the that last That was great. Show. Really? Because I heard it, I heard it, and I was like, oh, man, that's horrible. Oh, no. I thought both you and the doctor's Australian accents. Oh, okay. I, right. I'll be honest with you. I, if I wasn't... But no, I thought it was good. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, no, it worked for me. Oh, I liked it. I'm sorry. Let's get into the movie. Uh, let's get into the movie. I want you to stick with that. Um... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> We start things off on a weathered old leather uh, gym bag with the name Sonny Hooper etched in the side. We uh, pan up to a weathered, scar-ridden uh, man's leg as the one and only Sonny Hooper, Sonny Hooper, sorry, wraps his old battered knee with an ace bandage and then an additional knee brace. And then in close-ups, we see him attach thick padding to his midsection, almost like you'd see on football players' pants. Yeah, yeah. All those things you got to stick in your waist, your waist belt. Before he slips on some black leather cowboy boots and matching black pants, pours some Jack Daniels into his Stuntman Association coffee mug. Uh, hey, this guy's just like me. He's drinking whiskey and this coffee in the morning. Hey, Mom, a Hollywood stuntman. Uh, and then he's out the door. For a hard day's work. 
literally, he steps out the trailer onto a motorcycle and does a stunt. <laughs> There's never any preparation for a stunt. It's just, Sonny, you ready? It's off. It's go time. Well, Sonny Hooper is, of course, played by the one and only Burt fucking Reynolds. Uh, I think this is Burt at his most Burtish. Yeah, it is. If that's a word. Uh, He's at his peak as Hooper falls. It comes right after the Longest Yard, Gator, and the first Smokey and the Bandit. Good, That's a hell of a run. Yeah. And Deliverance was considerably earlier. I think Deliverance, he still had his hair. Yeah. Um, And then it arrives right before Smokey and the Bandit 2. Uh, Sharky's Machine and the Cannonball Runs. Yes. So you said earlier you thought this was him at the end of the. I think this is him right at yeah. the peak. The apex. Pretty much, yeah, going into Sharky's the act, Machine. The apex? The apex. I think it's him at the, the you know, his. The summit. The, the summit. That's the word I was looking the for. Summit. <laughs> the summit. Just before he falls off it like a stuntman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's a hot commodity at this moment. Uh, to put his career into some context. Uh, so like I said, Hooper exits his trailer, jumps on a motorcycle, and within seconds, the cold, emotionless director, played against type by comedian Robert Klein, uh, shows up in a, on set, rolls up in his Rolls Royce, the chauffeured Rolls Royce, literally steps out of the car, someone gives him a megaphone, calls action, and Hooper is almost instantly... Sliding his motorcycle at high speed, we call it laying it down. Yeah, yeah. Under a moving semi truck, lays it down underneath that, and then it pops into another car, sending him flipping uh, somersaults over the hood of a car into a into a bush. It's a very impressive stunt. You think there'd be like a mat? No, we're just gonna just land in this bush over here. <laughs> yeah, That'll break your fall. Yeah, there's no mat. They could put a little all. mattress down there. They knew that's where he was gonna land. And they do everything in one take. Yeah. Nowadays, it'd be like the maybe the semi gag would be one if they did this stuff anymore, which they don't. But it'd be like that would be a, a then cut, and then maybe get him riding it some more, and then the no, it's just all one camera, one take. Uh, it's kind of refreshing. I don't think that's even how they did it back then, but for this movie, I'm glad <laughs> they simplified it. Uh, it makes it easier to just zip through. Um, but yeah, so but he you know he gets up and uh, he's okay. Cut print. They're moving on. Uh, the actor that Hooper is doubling for in this picture called the Spy Who Laughed at Danger. Uh, and whenever they see the stunt, there's a real cheesy James Bond type music playing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like kind of slowed down. Just enough to not get sued. Um, is Adam West, who is sporting a Burt Reynolds mustache. You know, because he's got to look like the guy who's doubling for him. We'll talk a little bit more with our guests about that. Uh, maybe. Uh, but it's... I didn't recognize Adam West. I didn't either. I, I, I didn't no. either. Until he opened his mouth, like, good work, Sonny. Well, that doesn't sound like him at all. Maybe say it in your Australian accent. Good work, Sonny. Kind of works. Save it. Save it. Um, but he's always got just chicks. Uh, Adam West always has like his arms around like two... Blonde bombshells and yeah. make me look good, Sonny. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, it's so over the top. But he's good. It's very small. He's, he just he basically shows up. Sonny does the Hooper does the stunt. They cut and then Adam West gets in. You know, he stands up off the ground and dusts his tuxedo off. Um, 
everyone comes over to congratulate him on a on a good stunt. Um, everyone's excited except the director, Roger Deal. That guy's a little dickhead. Um, I will say this about Adam West. It really made me smile seeing him pop up. In that. You just don't see him pop up in like... No. I can't remember last time I was just watching a movie like, oh, there's Adam White. Like, yeah. For a guy that worked a lot, like he doesn't... I don't see him a lot, I guess. Anyway. Um, Hooper's buddy, Coley, Roscoe P. Coltrane himself, uh, gives Hooper a pat on the back and a handful of Percocet painkiller tablets Perks. for his back Perks. pain, and everybody's happy as soon as those pills go down. Because <laughs> uh, we're going to go wash those pills down with some nice, cold... Coors beer. Coley takes care of Hooper. He's his caretaker. This is what you're supposed to be doing for me the mornings after our shows. I'm supposed to be giving you Percocet? Are you getting paid Coley money? I am not. Coley was also, like, shooting him with drugs in the butt. Uh, I'm not going again, to Again, things you should be doing the morning after a podcast. <laughs> What those young kids in the podcast world are doing. I can't keep functioning like this. Yeah, but they're also 69 eating. 69 episodes? I, I can't, I'm like Hooper getting I in here. I can't keep I'm smoking <laughs> these delicious cigars and drinking these beers. Dude, I am like Hooper before each podcast. I'm sitting there in my trailer. Oh, putting on your ace bandage. Putting on, on my ace bandage around my liver. Yeah, but liver. You're, you're literally doing the thing that he does after the stunt. But this is what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Getting up to walk outside would be actually going to do something, whereas you've already acting like you've done the stunt. So now I've got to need all the medication. So you'll step up your game is what you're saying. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I love these scenes with Hooper and Coley. You can, yeah, you can man. tell He's that you can tell a... that they're good friends in real life, yeah. and they just play so well off. They can't stop giggling at each other. But unlike where, like in the Will Ferrell and some of those modern comedies, where boy that gets old when you just see them like just winging it and having yeah. a good time, it's infectious. Like I could watch a whole movie of just those two hanging out in their trailers. Well, it's you know it's different with the Will Ferrell stuff because they're trying to say the most outlandish stuff. To crack each other's up. Yeah, this is these way guys more are innocent. just in, these guys are just enjoying each this other. This is way I mean, more innocent. Is, yeah. but I mean, uh, man, I it's 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 just so relaxed. And I like I like seeing best outside of Roscoe because I I don't think I've ever ever seen him that way. And I was just like, man, why didn't this guy work more? Because he was awesome. He and was. I think, I think that's part of uh, what you were saying is that maybe I'm picking up on that chemistry between him and Bert. Man, it's just you can tell they're um, they're not that good of an actor. They're 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 really friends, and uh, it's just it's super fun and comfortable to watch. I, I immediately I'm, I, I latched onto that. Um, hey, speaking of something that's super fun and also oh so comfortable, uh, let's take a minute to talk about the Liga Underground Coronita tins from our friends over at Drew Estate. Seen any of these in your local shops yet? I have not. You will. Uh, Drew State has released just a ton of smaller variations of some of their most popular cigars. And uh, we're going to talk just for a second about the Undercrown variation, a cigar which we've been smoking for years, obviously. Um, These 4x32, so basically a 
little bit bigger than a cigarillo, I guess. Yeah. Uh, short smokes are perfect for this time of year. Uh, Liga Underground Cigars are a Liga Pravada created by Drew Estate's Torcideros for their own uh, personal enjoyment. Their unique Mexican Odapon Negro Ultimo Corte wrapper uh, harvest is delayed by over four weeks, resulting in a higher natural sugar content and a richer, creamier flavor. Ooh, ooh, um, that sounds nice. It is nice. I've been smoking under When I first got into cigars, um, Undercrown came out like a year later, and that was like the big... You know, if you're on a budget and you couldn't afford the the ligas, yeah, um, this was a premium smoke at a, just an insane, still to this day, an insanely comfortable price point. Yeah, and man, I I've always got a box of of just the regular Maduro undergrounds uh, in the humidor. Uh, it also features a Brazilian Madafina and Nicaraguan long fillers, T fifty two Connecticut stock cut and cured Habano binder. Uh, and you got a smoke that's lush, smooth, sweet, and so marvelously complex, you'll definitely want more and more and more and more. Oh, yeah. Sound about right? It is. Uh, so what are you waiting for? Order yourself a handful of tins today. Uh, you can find them at our friend, famoussmokeshop.com has them. Right. Or go to your local brick and mortar. They're out there. Do it. Like right now, do it. Drewestate.com. <laughs> uh, back to Hooper. Back to beer. Oh, boy, that, that really makes the, the throat uh, the throat better. So Hooper hopped up on pain meds and giggling his super cool ass off. Uh, jumps in his pickup truck, which is it just me? Oh, I'm a lifelong Ford guy. But is this... It's a dodge, Not baby. Colt Seavers. No, it's a GMC. Oh, is it? Colt Seavers GMC sidestep from the Fall Guy. Close to it. And I think this is probably where they took the inspiration from. I think from. this was the inspiration for Colt Seavers. Uh, and a sweet looking Lee, truck, Lee man. Majors. This is a, a GMC step side. I'm, I'm fairly positive that's what uh, the Fall Guy used to. Yes. But, uh, man, like I said, I, I've always driven Fords, but I would drive that baby in a heartbeat. Wearing this shirt. <laughs> Listen well, you know, to some Trace Act. Drives backwards <laughs> down the highway, chugging oh, cores. Well, I, you know, now that you say it, I mean... What happened to Cade? He's locked up for like 20 years. He got that GMC <laughs> Stepside truck, and within an hour, he was in federal prison. <laughs> Lifelong dream. <laughs> Mr. Cade, do you recognize how many laws you broke? In the- <laughs> Mr. Cade, you're never going to see your wife or children again. <laughs> This isn't a movie, Mr. Cade. <laughs> uh, note, make a note. I don't need one of those trucks. <laughs> no. Don't even think about getting me one of those trucks. No stepside GMCs for Cade. Uh, I have no self control. I have very little self control. Uh, you said that way too fast. <laughs> Uh, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, he jumps in his truck and he rides home to the waiting arms of his girlfriend, Gwen, played by the always lovable, and here, just a little bit thick, which is, uh, I wasn't re- quite ready for those feelings, uh, super sexy Sally Field. Boy, she's cute in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's always cute, but kind of in a, in a wholesome kind of... Yeah, Not this was, time. She was the flying nun, for God's sake. <laughs> she was the flying nun. I had very impure thoughts when I saw uh, her in those white little yeah, shorts. We got something else flying, am I right, boys? 
That was. That was. Can't get it. Oh. <laughs> uh, boy, yeah, she wears these little white tidy shorts, and uh, she even has like boobs in this. Like, go on. I don't know what what Sally Field this is, but I wish she made more of the. I'm just liking the '70s hair, man. Yeah, the hair. That's yeah. yeah she, <laughs> that's what we were concentrating. She on. also had great hair. Uh, I wonder what conditioner she used, Yax. What do you think? Uh, I have no idea. Vidal Sassoon. Just for that sassy Sally food. <laughs> when you're on the set all day with James Best of Dukes of Hazard fame, you want to look your best. Perk! <laughs> with built-in conditioner. Uh... About getting them to sponsor the show. <laughs> and actually, maybe one of us should contact them. <laughs> uh, well, her cute little face is waiting on the front porch for him in some tiny little white. Sh- I've made like several references to these short shorts. White shorts. Reference number five. Okay. We're good. Uh, white short shorts. Uh, and uh, dude, she's got a cold can of Coors Banquet beer in each hand. Waiting for him to come home with a beer in each hand. Uh, he gives her a giant hug. Grabs Happy, that, uh, grabs this is recorded on National bit. Woman's Day. <laughs> hey, we've done a lot. This is as best bet as we get. He cups both of those delicious beers. <laughs> oh, it's National Women's Day. We should do a Sally Field movie. That How, how crazy can that get? Her short little short shorts. Hooper grabs a handful of ass. <laughs> I, uh, I feel weird having sexual thoughts about Sally Field, don't you? She's, no, so, not, she's so sweet and like not innocent. 19, not 1978 Sally Field. Yeah. 1978 Sally Field was rather nice. She was still now, she was like little, 1994 nice. Forrest Gump's mom. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, there's there's a little uh, <laughs> uh. All right, well I guess I'm the only one that feels weird about looking at Sally Field that way. I don't have a problem with it. No. Well, uh, he gives her a giant hug. Feeds one. He grabs one beer can, feeds it to his horse, sticks it in the mouth. Of the horse is like chugging it, like just head back, just going crazy. Uh, and then he chugs the other one, and they head inside. Uh, Coley called ahead to ask Gwen to talk to Hooper about the uh, chugging of pain pills, but uh, Hooper ain't having it. I'm in pain, so I take pain pills. Easy as that. Logical. Well, that's what they're there for. Um, That's what the doctor signs off on. Well, Gwen lets it go and tells him, look, if you can just agree to make an effort to toss your hundreds of empty beer cans within 25 feet of the trash can, we can coexist okay. No, you know what? Make it... She's like, make it 10 feet, and we can can live together and be happy. I'll forget about the alcoholism and the pain pills. (laughs) She'll be a happy woman. Holy shit, only in the movies, right? <laughs> if you would just make Who it easier for me to clean up after your drunk ass. Oh, wait a minute. You're going to meet me at the doorstep with two beers. A beer for me and a beer for my horse. And all I got to do is try to get within is throw your beer cans a little closer. Yeah. Right. yeah, they might as well cast a talking cartoon dragon as his love interest in this film. <laughs> Chicks like this don't exist. No, they do uh, not. And my first instinct upon watching this... And their relationship was, oh, I want that in my life. But then my second instinct was, oh, yeah, you'd be dead (laughs) yesterday. Uh, Dudes like us need a bit of discipline in our lives. Am I correct? Oh, yes. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's, I might have blown out a vocal cord there. Oh, no. <laughs> How that, did that mess up the board? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, boy, on one hand, you know, you're always like, man, that would be so great. And the other hand, it's like, well, uh, it's, it's, it's not a value, uh, a value to seek in a partner if you want any kind of longevity. Um, but boy, they sure like each other, and you can tell it. Just like him and Beth, you can tell that they're yeah. There's chemistry. You, you there. buy there's, their there's always you, been you chemistry. You buy their chemistry uh, yeah. immediately. Real quick, uh, before we move on from this loving couple, or see what's next. Boy, this this cigar has changed a lot for me once I hit uh, almost to the mid. Yeah, it's funny. It has a huge band on it. I just took it off. The band right. um, reaches well past the midway point. Um, I'm getting some strength that wasn't there earlier on. I'm getting um, some nice, like we mentioned, spice on the nose, which is back, mm-hmm. but it still has that creaminess. Yeah. But I'm getting uh, just a really strong Nicaraguan earthiness here mm-hmm. at the midway point. And that cocoa is still there. Um, so you've got that kind of mild chocolate with Nicaraguan earth. Mm-hmm. Creamy on the retro hail. I know you guys have been getting a lot of graham uh, mm-hmm. cracker on the, on the retro hail. But where I was kind of that first... You know, first half, and not even quite to the. I'd say first third and chunk. I was a little underwhelmed. Just you know, it was it was a good cigar, but yeah. nothing. Uh, all of a sudden, this thing is really. Hit <laughs> you your cowboy hat with your cigar. <laughs> James Best never did that. Oh, James Best always did that. I think he did it in the movie, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, boy, this cigar is really. You know, I said we hope for some complexity. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting some stuff in here that wasn't happening for me earlier on. Uh, what do you I have think? not gotten that at all. No, the, same, the, same, the, same old stuff. Huh? The creaminess went through the roof. Yeah, I mean, it is just absolutely like agreed. So I mean, the the sweetness, uh, Graham is gone, but that that creaminess, the cocoa, mm-hmm. boom, right there. Yeah, I'm and that, that's 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 all the sweetness I'm getting now. I'd say is the main, the main that chocolate flavor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the main thing that I think has really stepped this up a notch, where I'm from an enjoyment level, is just that the earthiness all of a sudden showed up, um, which which I can only attribute to the the Nicaraguan filler. I'm going to give the creaminess. Yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm, some miss, of that. I'm missing that earthiness. I'm missing the. Um, that nice profile on there. I'm getting like I'm I'm pretty close to what Yax is experiencing. I got a lot of creaminess on it, uh, a little bit of hint of cocoa as well. It's tasty. Uh, but uh, I'm not I'm not getting a pow- in power off of it. Um, I should say this as as tight as the draw was, which I think we've all moved past that when smoking fine now. Yeah, uh, I've had a really uh, perfect burn line. Uh, the ash has held on considerably. You know, good over an inch long ash. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll come back to it final third if, if you guys anything sooner. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice smoking cigar. It's a ple- it's a very pleasant cigar to smoke. I'll, I'll put it that way. Once we opened it up a little bit yeah. and fixed that draw, yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice it's got a nice little flavor too. Okay, uh, I'll come back and it, and it's man, it's just going so good with this. These I like this beer, man. Um, yeah, you're not you're not going to hear me complain about the beer. No. You know what I'm going to say? We always say on the show that be a, that's a good summer beer. That's a really good summer beer when you're outside like those. This is a good spring beer. I know we're not in spring yet, but I could see me drinking a lot of this in spring. Yeah. 
it's not balls hot outside, but it's like it's got some of that what you like in a hotter weather beer, the the the, the refreshing. It's, you know, it's light, but it still has those flavors from those dark malts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's which is weird, hard to pull off a crispy car, you know, with caramel and yeah, um, black Kolsch. That should be a superhero. I'm gonna go with you on that one. All right. Well, back to the movie. Uh, next, <laughs> can we get a TNCC thing that swirls around when we come back from our bath, our hundreds of bathroom breaks? Hey, if you were like Cully, you'd hook me up to a catheter and run the tubing down my leg, so I, so I wouldn't have to. Do you get paid Cully money? Until I start getting paid Cully money. All right. Looked at his lifestyle. He wasn't getting paid that much. No. <laughs> Well, he was the 70s. Inflation, adjusted dollars being what they are. He was not wearing the same quality of denim that Hooper was wearing. Definitely Hooper didn't had have, fine denim. Definitely didn't have that stitching down there with on those no. bell bottoms. Now, you can tell Embroidered. if Cody had stitched his own patches on his jean jacket. <laughs> it was like the big, like, a patch this big, but it only went around like four times. <laughs> I took a lot of home ec in middle school. I, I yeah. know what it's supposed to look like. Well, the next day, Hooper shows up on set, uh, performs a fairly easy to us uh, zip line fall. He sw- oh, swings yeah. down oh, a zip line, yeah. holding a dog, and falls into a, a big air mattress. Come on, dude, step it up. Uh, goes to the trailer. Coley gives him a painkiller, a uh, syringe full of happy juice, right into his, his butt cheek. I like um, the. I like remember, how this the, is uh, his friend that was lecturing him and so worried about his painkiller usage is now injecting painkillers into his ass. You guys could learn something from him. And he's back at home by lunch. He had one one stunt that day, and he's and he's home. Uh, a guy's there hanging out, drinking a beer with Gwen, waiting to talk to Sonny into doing a charity stunt show that weekend. Uh, Hooper grabs the half drink Coors can from the guy, sits down, and starts drinking it. I don't know why. I just thought that was a, a good move. <laughs> show up at your house, and the guy's sitting there with your girl drinking a beer, drinking your beer. He grabs the beer from the guy and just starts drinking it. Um, Without taking his ever-present... I've never seen a movie, a Hollywood movie, where the main lead guy never takes his gum out of his mouth. Hooper's always chomping on bubblegum in this movie. And somehow it works. It's Burt Reynolds. The magic of Burt. Well, finally, the guy brings out a little kid who idolizes Hooper, and he he agrees to to do this show. Um, For the kids, as it always is with these things. Um... I just love that. You can chat with my girl, but that beer. <laughs> Why don't you God. take my beer, man? Can you imagine what his beer fridge looks like? I'm imagining it's just a beer, like, stacked. <laughs> I mean, I imagine a fridge, but then, like, literally just beer stacked around the fridge. Also being shoved into the fridge. Just it's like the, open uh, it. It's, it's like that scene in Smokey and the Bandit when they open up the rig. Uh, or they're closing the rig after they've loaded it up with <laughs> cases of cores. And it's like... To the actual door, it fits from perfectly to, from floor to ceiling. That's how need him for you. He needed him in the cores. I need you to specially design this big rig trailer to fit <laughs> beer cases perfectly. I actually did a little bit of research. We want to design it six cubits by six <laughs> cubits. Uh, director Hal Needham was actually killed underneath a pallet of cores. <laughs> <laughs> loading it up for a stunt. 
That, it's always nice. It's the way to, we all want to go. <laughs> it's always nice to look at those nice, sweet ass retro cans that they had. Oh man, oh, man. the old pull tops. Yeah. We Jeez. drank. Uh, on a side note, you and we we used to drink the piss out of that stuff. Um, I was never a Coors Light fan. Yeah. Even before craft beer, and you know, when you were a kid, you just would drink. Anything. Yeah, I never really cared for Coors Light, but man, I always loved that bank. Uh, High Life and Banquet beers were kind of and Pearl. Nah. We drank uh, a lot of Pearl, Lone Wolf stuff. Um, but yeah, I wanted a Coors badly watching this movie. Uh, man, yes, it's already drunk on red wine, which is not Hooper style. I was about to say, I think we were. No, we were drinking High Life. Yeah. No, I meant later when I came out and did my notes. Oh. Okay. I, I've, I've watched this movie four times this week. <laughs> Mainly just to feel better about my own drinking. <laughs> At least I'm not Hooper. For God's sake, he's driving backwards on the highway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, man, uh, we go to this charity stunt show, and it has a lot of everything. It's balls. Cowboys shooting Indians off rooftops. Motorcycles and cars flipping upside down. Uh, even Gwen's legendary stuntman father, Jocko, uh, played by Brian Keith, star of one of my favorite all-time westerns, Sam Peckinpah's The Deadly Companion. Do you ever see that one? I don't think I have. Oh, man. I love yeah. that. Uh, and I like this guy. He's great at that. He was the dad from The Parent Trap, the original yes. Parent Trap. Yeah. Movie. Uh, well, he gets into the action as well, punches a cowboy into the horse trough. Uh, that's about all he can do at this point. He's not because of his age. He just drinks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's always got a bottle of Jack Daniels in his hand, and uh, it's an impressive stunt show for a charity. Man, this is like that Disney stunt show, except done twice over. But I it's mean, like the whole thing takes place in a little old timey western town. But there's cars and motorcycle. It's crazy. It's really, really cool. Uh, the well, hot- I mean, heck, if you're gonna have a movie about a stunt man, I guess you ought to perform some stunts in it. Well. Speaking of which, the highlight of the day, without a doubt, is when the kid, uh, the new hotshot stuntman on the scene, jumps out of a helicopter above the charity event, parachutes down, and then releases his parachute uh, midair, falling expertly into the center of an airbag. Unlike most of the stunts in this movie, this one clearly has been edited. Yeah, or it's broken up. Like, there's a lot of cool seats real stunts in this thing yeah. but they show him like close up and then they release it and like I would like to see that stunt in real time that would have been impressive um, but anyway the kid is a clearly an up and coming star uh, and the kid is named Ski his nickname is Ski and he's portrayed by young heartthrob at the time according to my mother uh, Jan Michael Vincent uh, this was six years after the movie I first remember him in, the Charles Bronson 1972 Hitman movie, The Mechanic. Yes. With And then uh, six years before, Airwolf. So kind of uh, right in the middle there. Cue that sweet theme this music. Is the, <laughs> this is the music you're looking <laughs> Doctor should really be here for that. <laughs> Can we just put in some like, little blueprints back here of beer cans and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently he was a heartthrob back then. He was like a Brad Pitt, if you will, back in the day. Yeah, I, I can see that. According to my mother. I don't know. I just remember that sweet-ass helicopter. Um, 
And those gray little tight jumpsuits that he no, had. No, it was more of an Ernest Bornheim. He and Ernest Bornheim wore. It was really tight on him because, I mean, just. I think Bernheim just. We've only got one size. It was Jan's size, so you just squeeze into it. I think he just wore the pants that had like a white undershirt on in the helicopter. Uh. Yeah, so uh, Jan Michael Benson is the the new guy on the oh, scene. Oh, sorry, the opening uh, where he's playing the cello on the dock at the very end of it, serenading the eagle, <laughs> or is it the condor? I don't know. <laughs> you know who doesn't care? Hooper <sighs> and me. <laughs> I am kind of like Hooper. We both wear these shirts everywhere. This is the, literally the first time I've ever seen you in denim shirt. Oh, yes. Yes. You've seen me wear this thousands of times. Sweet denim jacket, yes. Denim shirt, no. Sweet denim jacket. Sweet denim. You guys get any notes of sweet denim on this ago? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, Hooper finangles his way into competing against Ski in the big Roman chariot race. They also have one of those. In this western town. It doesn't even look just... I mean, they're like in 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 a... Western town, but they're like, like, like cars the, and like the guy, mobsters. He's, and he's driving a Roman chariot driven by horses, shooting Indians <laughs> off rooftops. It makes no sense. Um, yeah, this, this, this. I, I buy a ticket to this show. Oh, my God. oh absolutely. Um, well, he wants Sign to see. Me up. He wants to see what the kids really made of. So he tricks the uh, guy competing, the Hammerhead, this old dummy stuntman, into leaving, and he takes over, and they do a pretty impressive little horse race. Um, Hey, I just had a thought. At any point, would you consider hosting one of these charity stuntman shows at the pub? Absolutely. But if you want to just be dragged around on asphalt? <laughs> no, I just meant like have Indians up on the balcony, shoot falling off, and maybe I could ride a motorcycle through. That'd be the, pretty cool. I could drive a motorcycle through the front door. We're only going to be able to afford like one airbag, so <laughs> yeah. you, know, you just have to fall off the Everybody building in the same off. spot. Oh, God, here comes Cade in the Roman chariot. Yeah! <laughs> 17 people killed at local pub when drunk ass drives Roman chariot. <laughs> Why did they put blades on the wheels? <laughs> this hasn't been her. I have to look for every advantage you can take. It's for charity. It's for the kids, Cade. <laughs> Again, the judge. We let you out on bail. After that backwards truck incident, <laughs> we thought you had learned your lesson. You killed 19 handicapped children with that Roman chariot in that pub. First of all, why were all those kids in the pub? <laughs> Only me. Your charity event. Cody Leshker <laughs> thinks that kids should drink beers. Is that who you want as your county commissioner? I know I don't. What does a county commissioner do? Commissions. Commissions all over the place. All over the place? All over the place. Within the county. If you see it within the county, he's commissioned on it. Interesting. All right. Well, they have a good race, and it turns out Hooper saves young Ski's ass. His chariot breaks free, and he's getting dragged across the thing. But I can't figure out why he doesn't just let go of the reins. I mean... (laughs) Well, he's getting dragged by the reins, and Hooper uh, comes up and scoops him up. Isn't and that part of the gag? It could have been part of the act. I, I couldn't really tell. Either that or Hooper actually was the one who pulled, pulled the, the bolts boat. out of the thing. <laughs> could be. That, that would be a job for Coley. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> See Coley back there with a flask <laughs> and his wrench. Um, 
Um, so uh, he then not only did he save Ski and be the hero of the the charity show, Hooper's not done yet. He rides his trusty horse over to Ski's El Camino that's parked nearby and backs the horse's ass up to it. And t- this is how cool Hooper is. He can tell his horse, Poop, caca, caca, buddy. And he just takes a big dump all over Ski's car. <laughs> it's a well-trained animal right there. But I, I, also I think love you do get a classic Hooper laugh there, too. And when you hear, like, the horse... <laughs> But I mean, they just don't get it with the real horse. Basically, a twelve-year-old. I do love this little bit of editing where it is the fake horse's ass with the fake tail lifting up. (laughs) (laughs) It's a stun horse. Stun horse. Um. Basically, he sweet talks that horse into taking it up. Is there any creature on earth Hooper can't sweet talk into doing what he wants? At this point, no. no. Well, that director, (sighs) Ronald Deal. But uh, sweet raisins. Hey, speaking of sweet raisins, uh, are you interested at all, Yak Boy, in experiencing some new and unique flavors in a cigar? Yes, I am. Promise? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little something now. Let's talk briefly about the acid crushed tins from our friends at Drew Estate. Uh, we talked about the Undercrown earlier. This is another. They come in little five-pack tins. Um, all acid cigars are carefully handcrafted using some of the world's finest tobacco with more than 140 herbs, botanicals, and other essential oils to get their unique aroma and flavor. Sounds a lot like that shampoo you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys had a lot of experience with acid cigars? Yeah. Cuba Cuba. Cuba Cuba, Blondie. Uh, Blondie. Yeah. I, when I first got into cigars, smoked a lot of the Acid One. It's mm. the red wine-infused cigar. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, I actually brought... One for my follow-up cigar tonight. It's been a while, and I knew we were going to be talking about them, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Experiencing acid cigars is the only way to understand them. Uh, Similar to all Drew Estate cigars, their construction is flawless since they're rolled in Sumatra, Maduro, Connecticut, and African wrappers. Uh, Head on out to your favorite cigar retailer now. Grab a tin of five acid crushes. Let us know what you think. They're definitely a different experience. Yeah, they are. That is not marketing hype. There's nothing like them out there. And, um, like I said, I, I sure like the Acid One. I haven't had a, I brought a Cuba Cuba. I haven't had one in years. So, uh, see what that's all. See, if memory serves me right, I remember enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Try one out. Let us know. After an insane caravan uh, down PCH. Is that PCH yet? The Pacific Coast Highway. I got that right. Yes. All right. I figured. Ocean's on the left. It's got to be a PCH. Well, what if you're going the other direction? It's on the right. Get out. No. Sit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was good. Uh, well, all the stunt crew are basically, they left set, and they just have this insane caravan ride down the highway. They're swerving, trying it's to knock bananas. each other out. Well, There's chicks in the back. They're, 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 they're in, in the, the back of they're, the, the Subaru the- Brat. <laughs> in chair. This was a classic of the 70s. Chairs oh. on the bed of a truck. Facing the opposite direction. Seatbelts? <laughs> Optional. Oh, man. Well, if they get in a wreck, they'd be padded by all those beer cans around <laughs> They are literally throwing beers between cars. They're throwing like, beers at each other, not like angrily, but like so they can catch them and drink them. Right. They're bumping each other's cars with the chicks in the back. And they're just laughing. They're laughing, up. having a good time. And apparently everybody in these cars are all stunt people. Correct. 
It's, they're jump. I mean, they they got the thing where they're like jumping between cars, a lot of d- moving at it. I'm gonna assume that's an insane speed, but obviously it's in 78, so we're just gonna go. It's like 55. Well, at so. one time, <laughs> at, at one point, Hooper runs out of road beers, and he figures it'd be easier for him to reach if he was on the other side. So he jacks the, the steering wheel, spins around, and then starts flying down the highway in reverse. So he could literally, for the reason that he can reach over and grab some a case of beer easier. Tut style. You pulled that stunt? No. No. <laughs> Man, let's face it, none of us are. We may have an image of ourselves in our heads, but this scene alone, just like, ah, we're nothing. We're no. Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're naval lamp. Yeah, but if our beer runs out. We, I could we, see us trying it. We will go to lengths. Yeah. I'm not saying we won't. And now that I found this shirt in the closet, oh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff we haven't been doing. <laughs> um, especially you and me, pal. Well, <laughs> uh, they finally arrive at their destination, their favorite watering hole, the Palomino Club. Oh, this place looks awesome. And uh, just like that, Terry Bradshaw's there with some other tough guys wanting to cause some trouble. Um... You see, Terry and his SWAT team buddies uh, don't appreciate Hooper's loud and rowdy table. Did you guys notice this at the at the table? It's also like a barbecue joint. Yeah, because they're all there to, to eat dinner. Their table is littered with with barbecue and food and beers. Mm-hmm. But once again, Gwen's dad Jocko's got a giant thing of Jack Daniels. On the table. <laughs> <laughs> he just brings it with him everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Jocko, you don't question that. Again, we're nothing compared to these men. Um, so anyway, uh, Terry and this guy stroll over to quiet the stuntman down a notch. This guy? This guy? This Come guy. On. Robert Tessier. What movie does he play a principal? You're thinking of the dude from Back to the Future. They're two different dudes. Is that no. what I'm thinking of? I think you're right. This guy has been notable across many. He's um, besides also being a stuntman. Uh, Longest yard, baby. Yes. Well, no, I recognize him from that, but I, I could have swore he played a principal. I think you're right, though. I think it was Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, all oh no, those no, 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 no. That was uh, like. I thought it was Three O'clock High. That movie with, but it wasn't. I looked. No. It up. Was it Teen Wolf? Was he? A, I could have swore he was in an '80s. Movie as a, as a hard nosed principal. I, am, I can't remember him ever maybe being he, a principal. Maybe he was, but you're, you're describing the, the. Yeah, and he was bald in Back to the Future, right? The principal. They all look alike. I'm right here. I can hear everything you're saying. For God's well, sakes, we're recording. If you'd worn that toupee, we wouldn't have this. Oh. Oh, I love this dude. He's got a great, great look. He really does. Uh, and he's instantly recognized. Yeah, he has been in a ton yeah. of stuff. Um, but you know what? They put money in that jukebox, and they can't hear their music. All they can hear is Hooper's. <laughs> He's laughing at everything. He's so drunk. Well, Hooper's like, I got this. And he puts on a stunt helmet, a motorcycle helmet, puts his head down, and runs head right first into the jukebox. Into the jukebox, goes right through it, ruining Which the jukebox. Which I'm asking the question, like, okay, you just put on that, but you just literally dove head first <laughs> into a glass and, like, mechanical parts. I'm like... You're going to get cut up. There's just no yeah. way. Not Hooper. Not Hooper. Um, Hooper still tries to play nice with the guys afterwards. So where are you from? <laughs> Chewing his gum. <laughs> Houston. We're here for a convention. Uh-huh. 
convention of assholes. And all, of course, all his buddies laugh, which really pisses Terry Bradshaw off the no end. Uh, convention of assholes. It was awesome. Um, so Reynolds does his uh, trademark laugh one more time, and as they get into his face, he starts doing a head count real quick. He's like, oh, 12 against 6. Uh, looks like unfair fight. And then young ski, Jan Michael Minson, comes up. 12 against 7. And a fight breaks up. And a fight breaks up. Well, and it classic. Right? No, Bert does say one cool line. You're like, oh, you guys better go get some, some more guys. But then yeah. he does the classic. Because he right. turns back around real quick, punches him in the face. Bradshaw and Bradshaw just doesn't even does anything. He's like, okay, we're in trouble. <laughs> and, then, and then he takes the second punch in the face, and Bradshaw takes it, and then takes the tooth out of his oh, mouth. He's got a huge, and then just missing tooth and smiles at him. It's like, yeah, now we're definitely. In <laughs> and then one of the greatest bar fight scenes out uh, there came through. This was an awesome, awesome bar fight. scene. It really was because it was unlike. Roadhouse and some of the other ones we found on the show. It was just fun. Oh, it was very fun. What I love more than anything is the person playing pool looks up, fight, and then just hits the person <laughs> playing pool with them. They're not even involved. Oh, it's, no. It doesn't matter. This this fight is so crazy. Sally Field is knocking dudes. <laughs> Sally Field's hitting guys with beer bottles. By the way, that was not Mickey Gilly at the piano. I had to, I had to look him up. Oh. I, I thought it was, but it wasn't. Um, uh, no, really, the only thing missing from this fight, since you mentioned Roadhouse, is I kind of want a Terry Funk to be somewhere around there. He looks like he should have been. <laughs> Terry Funk looked in 1988 like these guys did in 78. <laughs> that dude doesn't change. Uh, well, everybody's Terry punching Funk everybody. Uh, like I said, Sally Field, she's sitting there trying to eat a baked potato. When she's minding her own business, but she's knocking dudes out. Um <laughs> She's seen it all before. She's been dating Matt Cade for how many... I'm sorry, Hooper for how well, many years? not to mention that, but Jocko's her father. Uh, the guy with the Jack Daniels bottle. It would have been great if he was punching dudes with his Jack Daniels bottle. It's just... Keep going. Uh, in fact, it's so much fun that despite the thousands of punches thrown and the thousands of dollars of property damage... Uh, Terry Bradshaw and his crew become best friends with Hooper and the boys. Yeah, after they get thrown out. They get thrown out. Finally, the bouncers throw them all window. out the window. They crash through a window out by the dumpster. What I love is that the and bouncers they, are like, you know what? We probably have doors and like ways <laughs> to get people out of this place. No, the window. Oh, and by the way, let's uh, let's instead of throwing our trash out in the dumpster back there, let's just put it all in the front of our establishment here. Like Let's face it, if you're, if, if you're coming to the Palomino Club, you're going to go in regardless <laughs> of what's going on outside. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but no, they, they're, they're laying there uh, but amongst all these trash bags, yeah. and they just start laughing. It was, it was a good old East Texas friendly fight. And they start shaking hands. Yeah. It, it's just like that. It's it's it's, it's over. Um, so much so that... Back who, in the day when you could take an ass open without worrying about somebody pulling a gun Exactly. On. No guns here. In fact, Hooper... Likes these crazy bastards so much. Everybody back to my place. After party. So back to the house. They go. Um, is it just me? Or is this whole Palomino Club scene? And the everything that goes along with it? Are you seeing that? Maybe three out of the five barn smoker events this year? That's how, <laughs> that's how it's going to go. I'm hoping. Um, it'll probably be the first one that we're involved with. And then that will be the last one that we're involved with. I couldn't help but notice there was no large pile of trash anywhere. 
What no. kind of party is this? We'll be thrown out on giant piles of tobacco leaves. Because I can definitely see me going, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be an unfair fight. Y'all need to go get some more men. That's dead. Especially if that one bald dude hits me. I'm, I'm broken. Note to self, grow mustache. Buy bubblegum before barn smoker events. Well, I, I can take the bald guy spot, but I'm going to need to like, get juiced up. <laughs> Jacked. No, you're getting the Coley denim vest oh. and the Percocets and the, oh, syri- thank the syringes. Thank God. Uh, well, I'm just going to be and alcohol. shooting myself in the butt with them. <laughs> and you're going to need alcohol swabs. you to be safe. Well, well, that's true. To. That's true. So while everyone else is uh, soon passed out at Hooper's place, you know, for a bunch of uh, heavyweights... Heavyweight drinkers and fighters. Well, didn't make, a lot of them didn't make it to. Uh, well, we don't know what time it is. Well, we, we know dawn is 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 is, is upon us uh, because Hooper and Ski are the last men standing. You see all these big dudes just passed out in the living room, uh, slumped over. What are o- they watching? Slumped over. Uh, Sonny is showing Ski his stuntman highlight reel on a 16 millimeter projector. Uh, which includes a lot of air stunts and whatever, and the river river scene, yeah. river scene from Deliverance. Uh, no which they work in there. Which they pretty much they highlight like every single movie Bert's done to this point. Well, a lot of it the air stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that was stock footage. But boy, that every, no, 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 every I'm not talking about just the the sequence itself. But I'm talking about every little aspect in this movie from the oh from yes. the Pontiac jackets. To it, the, it's a Burt to the Florida State shirt. It's a love fest. Wear. It's a Burt yeah. love fest. Um, it is the like I said. I think the most Burtish movie of the bunch. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. Um, I just thought it was pretty cool seeing him in, in the Deliverance clip in there. Uh, it is. A, a little meta. And by the way, a little, a little real life. slack to the guys passed out there. They were, they'd been fighting, which we never, you know, we don't... We're too lazy to do that. Yeah, we're too lazy to do that. Oh, and that was uh, after the stunt show from... Oh, that's right. They um, had the... <laughs> the amazing stunt show. Oh, I'm sorry, Cade. After racing in a Roman, Roman chariot race... <laughs> Shooting 10,000 Indians. Oh, I jumped out of a helicopter, too. By the way, then I, I got was, involved I, in a two-hour-long bar brawl after drinking four bottles of whiskey. Oh, I'm sorry, Kate, I passed out. <laughs> Speaking of uh, passing out, oh, sure, yeah. why don't you pass out another one of those? You're right. Little, uh, you're right. These guys do that the full day. And who knows what they're doing with that SWAT convention. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they got into semantics there. Um, well, it's evident that Ski respects the catalog of work that, uh, another beer for you. Well, you guys are keeping me busy tonight. Yeah, I, I like the fact that this wasn't a, a, ch- a rivalry. A rivalry. No, that could have been the easy way to do yeah. this. But that would have called for this to be a much more serious movie. Yeah. Any chance you get for this movie to be serious, they, they take. They 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 get close. Yeah, and but, but then they they just. But it was neat because they didn't. It was actually kind of deftly done because the the old versus young guy was still in there. There was the old guy coming to grips with his oldness that was in there. Like, yes, I was cracking up. Well, we haven't got there. I'll, I'll, I'll there's basically that. three generations of. Yeah. There's Jocko. There's there's Bert. Hooper. And then there's ski. Yeah. But there is, you're right, deafness is a very good word. There's a respect 
and there's not a you know a lot of these like well like the mechanic with Jim Eccleston, he was out to upstage Charles Bronson, and yeah. he's the young new generation of hitmen, and yeah. it was always a rivalry even during the training stuff. This is not that. This is, and I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I thought that that's the way that they would play it. No, this is just a young guy who wants to learn and be. A, and I mean, let's give this movie some credit. If you're a young ski who's like twenty something in this, and you start hanging around Hooper's crowd, you're just gonna want to be a part of this. You're not gonna yeah. want to. I want to watch you and your stuntman buddies burn. No, no. you want to party with them. Exactly. You losers and your weak stunts. You're all going down. Exact same stunt you're just doing. Yes, <laughs> but I'll see, do it better. Did you see the two naked chicks in the back of the Subaru uh, <laughs> passing out cores there, buddy? All right, I'll hang out with you and I'll be nice instead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, just yeah. this once in your lame parties. <laughs> should we? Hey, should we pull all our money together and get a Subaru Brat with some seats in the back? I was seriously yes. thinking about. It. I I love. I, man, I used to love riding in the back. We of really need to put this. that out there on the internet. We really need one of these. Some guys got one just sitting in a barn somewhere collecting dust. Oh god, well, those, those, to... those two chicks are still hanging out in the back of it. <laughs> hey, lover. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> January 1st, 1980. I put it away. 70s were over. We found the one site that would make Bert spit out his gum. There it is, stuck to the wall. Oh, no. Um, well, I say, you know, there is there is some obvious respect here uh, for what Hooper and Jocko have accomplished over the years. But he's clearly young, hungry, and, you know, despite that respect, he wants to make a name for himself doing stunts that have never been done before um as tut said all handled very maturely and well yeah. uh hooper steps outside to discover it's daylight i love when that happens uh two hours from now stop <laughs> and jocko old jocko stumbles out a few minutes later holding his bottle of jack that thing's like bob dole's pencil never leaves his hand uh hooper's massaging his you know beat up legs uh, out by the pool or whatever and in the best line of the movie Jocko looks at him you should drink more nothing hurts when you're numb sage wise. advice so wise yeah it's like Socrates Plato <laughs> Jocko Jocko <laughs> Socrates was that Bill and Ted they called him that yeah um and I think I might have just discovered my first tattoo. Did you get that right across my forearm? <laughs> Nothing hurts when you're numb. Drink more. Jocko. Maybe get a little picture of Jocko next to it. His little smiling face. That should be a chest tattoo. So when I wear this shirt, without an undershirt. This is what I live by. Sir, you're not allowed in Olive Garden. We have- How do you have Brian Dennehy on your chest? <laughs> he does look a little Brian Dennehy is. Frankie! Right? These are the talks I'll have with the hostess at Olive Garden. Sir, we're all Brian Dennehy fans. It's not Brian Dennehy. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, that was terrible. <laughs> uh... Well, as <laughs> that was a good one. You drink it, keep drinking. That's what—that's the key. Uh, well, over whiskey and cigars. Funny how that 
brings out the wisdom. Jocko tells Hooper that Ski reminds him of a young Hooper when he was nipping at Jocko's heels as the new guy in the scene. He also drunkenly, really convincingly, he was drunk during the scene. Oh, yeah. Nobody plays drunk this good. <laughs> drunkenly pressures Hooper to marry his daughter. What are you waiting for? Even faggots are getting married these days. <laughs> that, gets a, that gets a laugh out of Hooper. <laughs> maybe that's why this movie isn't streaming anywhere. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's been banned. Uh, the TNCC is pro-equal equality and marriage for everyone. Jocko was from a different time. Sports. It's covered all our bases. <laughs> we also like sports. And Subaru Brats. And Subaru Brats. Any other Subaru? No way. No. 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 Um, Hooper, uh, turns out, had a bad first marriage. And he wants to do things on his own timetable. Hooper style. Uh, he, he doesn't say that. I would if I was Hooper. <laughs> I'd use that all the time. Uh, it's a really nice, honest... Uh, all homophobic references aside, yeah. it's a really honest kind of cool scene between these two guys. Yeah, one who's dating the guy's daughter. Like every scene in the movie between guys, I buy in this movie. Like real scenes, not like the bar fights and all yeah. that, but like yeah. the scenes between friends and and all that. I mean, it's it's man, I, it's got some good acting in it. Although I don't think this was acting. I really think Jocko was toasted. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Brian Key said he'd do the film. You just need to come up with eight cases of Jack Daniels. <laughs> well, man, these fellows... He's only on scene for three days. <laughs> these fellows live a hard-living life. Would y'all say, think about it for a second, that modern, the modern-day equivalent to the classic Hollywood stuntman are podcasters like ourselves? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing more hard. Well, you have to caveat like ourselves. Because there's a lot of podcasts out there. Oh, yeah. But there's very few like ourselves. I'm not talking about the uh, Adam Carollas. And the podcast Joe like Rogan's, ourselves. Or the, God forbid, the Mark Marins. A bunch Marins. of hard-living, manly, stuntman-like people. Or the uh, Michael Rappaports. No. I'm talking about the real podcasters. The guys just in the trenches day to day. Well, every two, once every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because we're so drunk, we can only do this once every two weeks. <laughs> but we're prepping day to day. We are prepping. Wake up the day before. When's the last time we did one of those things? <laughs> What's it called? That's called sobering up. Uh, I need to... Sobering up. It's an O-B-E-R. I need to make a big note of that. The the next day on set, a severely hungover uh, Hooper delivers a lackluster car stunt. It's not his fault. The director doesn't give a lot of what he wants. He's just like, do something, impress me. Lucas style. The director doesn't like it. Um so, Hooper tries to make it up to him. It's the director's birthday. He gets him a giant titted stripper to jump out of a cake. Mm. Is were- this that girl that always like runs onto the fields and stuff like that during this time? 
Possibly. There was, like the, was like this really ginormous titted woman that would like run into like, like she, you would see her like at baseball games. She would just run onto the field. Uh, and they put her like, I mean, she got so famous at it, they put her in movies. And I think she's been in like a Burt Reynolds movie before. I honestly didn't look at her face. It was hard. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get past. These things were enormous. And yes. she immediately starts slapping Robert Klein in the face with him and then buries his... And he's standing there just completely rigid and stoic and very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who she was, but it was a, it was a touching gift. Yes, yes. Um, which we would all very much appreciate, but your birthday's next week. Don't get your expectations up. Oh. <laughs> get the doctor to jump out of a cake for you. Again? Again. <laughs> Uh, well, it turns out also the director, because of you know Hooper's age and his kind of, he's not really been blown away by anything create, creative wise by Hooper on this on this shot, uh, picture so far. He takes a liking to the young hotshot Ski and instructs Hooper to give Ski a bigger role on the stunt team. But even here, when you think Hooper would be like, no, it's my, it's. There's not a real rivalry here. Yeah, I think he was more upset at the director. And he was, but he Hill. never he holds it against Ski. And I don't know enough about the dynamic of a Hollywood set. I mean, is that something? Well, that's... first of all, here's the funny part: Ski wouldn't even be on that set if the night before at the Palmino Club, Hooper got so drunk he invited him. Yeah. Because when Ski shows up, Hooper's like, like, "What? What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I forgot about you that. You invited me last night. <laughs> I did." <laughs> Us style. I'll just rewind totally one second. The the lady jumping out of the cake was in such films as The Hand of Pleasure, A Fistful of 44s, Sexual Kung Fu in Hong Kong, Oh, good one. The Young Secretary, uh, Deep Jaws, uh, Big Bus Superstars. Was Richard Dreyfuss in Deep Jaws? God, I wish so. Those jaws are way too deeper than is necessary. <laughs> I actually uh, starred in the film A Fistful of Forties uh, back in college. And the sequel. I saw the sequel. I, d- I missed the original one, but I did see Two Fistful of Forties. That was my senior year of college. <laughs> hey, I grew. I grew. Yeah. But do they have, like on a Hollywood set, do they have that, like, I'm the stunt guy and I call the stunt shots? I think the stunt coordinator, yeah, is um, primarily responsible for setting up the... But, I mean, I think there's much more. And maybe we'll learn if we, if we, when we talk to our guest. Uh, yeah. I imagine James Cameron on set doesn't roll up in his chauffeured car, <laughs> grab a bullhorn, and say, action. impress me, action. <laughs> I think he's a little more involved in the actual stunts. I think so. We'll find out, maybe. Maybe. Uh, After Ski's highly successful first day on the job, he rappels down the skyscraper. Oh, it was a great sequence. And then releases himself, and then expertly does some rolls and shoots all these bad guys. Uh, Hooper and Cully are watching from the sidelines, and Hooper quips, I could have done that when I was younger. They just didn't make buildings this tall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we see a candid but it moment. Was, it was also nice because, like you said, there, it wasn't the rivalry. I mean, Goldie uh. is like, man, kid's good. Even Bert's like, 
Well, in fact, in fact, when Coley or when uh, Ski comes over to him, what'd you think, Hooper? He's looking for his approval, and Hooper's like, "Eh, it's a little slow. Let's see it again." And Ski's like, "Heart," you can see his heartbreak. And then Hooper's, he's like, "You're kidding, right?" And Hooper's like, "Yeah, I'm kidding." (laughs) Like, it's yeah, they get along. It's nice. Um, Well, then we see a candid moment where Hooper gets up in the middle of the night after watching Ski do all this cool stuff, and he creakily makes his way. Creakily? Is that a word? Sure. He's creaking. His bones are creaking. Uh, he makes his way over to the full-length mirror in the bedroom. He stares at himself in his navy blue little underwear. Sucks in his gut and just kind of starts really for the first time in a long time taking a close look at himself. Ski's forcing him to acknowledge his age maybe for the first time. Everybody has an expiration day, boys. Everybody has an expiration day. I'm sorry. Day. I'm looking at Bert. Like you said, at the apex of his career, and he's pinching like his fat on the side, which is like barely able to pinch anything. And I'm just like, dude, you're a what? A buck seventy-five at this point? Yeah, you're a, you're fat, Bert. Everybody has an expiration date. Mine is two hours from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the idea here is more of. Maybe he sees what he feels. Yeah, yeah. Because you're right, he's, he's clearly a slim guy. Yeah. But on the inside, he feels like he's 100 years old. Maybe that's body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia. A little bit. I don't know. Could be. Could be. When I look in the mirror, I see a young Jan Michael Vincent. I know. That's because it's not a mirror. It's just a picture of Jan Michael Vincent. He's been living with me for three years. <laughs> it's not a mirror. It's the doorway to his bedroom. It's kind of... And it's a really old Jan Michael Vincent. <laughs> and the fact that I think I look good in that mirror is so confusing. <laughs> All right. I was talking to him earlier before the 16-year-old show, Jan and he was Michael like, you know what? The hardest thing with Kate is I have to mimic those movements, but, you know, <laughs> keeps the... Can you believe he's still alive? Not really. Why not? He's been out on that lake playing the cello. <laughs> he's got a great life. Jan Michael has had anything but a good life. Uh, the sad thing is, he looks like he went like through. How did I, he didn't have any plastic surgery, but he ended up looking like uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen him lately, so. Uh, we may have to look him up on the next break and see. I, I think he might have had some amputations, too. Oh, no. Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's had it rough. Oh. He kind of went downhill after Airwolf. Um, but he's really good in this. Uh, Hooper is so concerned with proving his viability as a stuntman in the presence of Ski that the next day he performs a new record-breaking free-fall from a helicopter. Uh, the old record was 223, uh, 223 feet, and he tells Coley to make sure that pilot goes up to 224. And he's got a little, little fire there. in his in his belly. He expertly performs the stunt, which is shown unedited, which is beyond impressive. It's a really cool fall. Yeah. Um, but despite his high fives and his trademark Hooper smile, when everyone else is kind of cleared, he tells Coley, take me to the doctor. I've got medical issues you can't solve. <laughs> Roscoe P. Coltrane. Um, I need more than Percocet and whatever that is you've been <laughs> injecting me with. 
Why won't you let me look back there when you're injecting me in the ass with something? The doctor's visit is... This doctor's visit is really something. I love this doctor's visit. As Hooper blows bubbles with his chewing gum, cracking jokes the whole time, the physician is puffing away on a cigarette. <laughs> Gotta love it. In the hospital. Ah, 70s. Oh my god, in my notes? Ah, oh, the 70s. Look! A-H, <laughs> the 70s. Get out of my head, Tut. Uh, as he explains just how fucking wrecked Hooper's body is. You're not a kid anymore, he warns. And he tells Sonny, no, one more wrong fall and nothing below the neck will work right anymore. Nothing, Hooper says. And that's right, the doctor says, smoking on a syrup. Even your ding dong. <laughs> if you were a horse, I'd shoot you, he says. It gets even worse. <laughs> your ding dong is one step away from not working. And if you were a horse, I'd shoot you. I just really expect him to like walk in the room and hear a gunshot like, that would have been you. And Hooper, who's got a cigar in his mouth, takes the cigarette out of the doctor's mouth like, look who's talking. You're smoking these things. And then they start smoking. It's such a bizarre scene. Um, it is really weird. I wish our own doctor was here to offer his professional take. Uh, I'm guessing that is not a good diagnosis. If you're a horse, I'd shoot you. Uh, real quick... Um, <laughs> Obviously, things are tense if, if Hooper, you know, sought out medical advice. You're done with your cigar. Yes. Final thoughts? Uh, I like it. It was a very pleasant smoke all the way through. Yeah, it was a good uh, flavor. I, I never really got... Man, I don't know because I can't say whether it was the beer or the cigar that had the strength in it. Uh, I don't think I ever really got a lot of a lot of strength in it, there. It, it, I started I, getting a What little... I got there in the middle dissipated back to the... the the same mild cocoa and, and yeah. creaminess. A um, little bit of nose, a little bit of something on the nose, but nothing. Yeah. But it was nice. It was enjoyable. It was a very enjoyable cigar. Yeah, boy. Final verdict. It was about the same. Uh, the, the chocolate was the primary sweetness that I have tasted thus far towards the end. And, and and here at the end, it, it has heated up just a little bit, and I guess that's kind of helping to, to morph some of that flavor into more of like a pepper. Yeah, but yeah, it's got a, it, a it's finishing really well with 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 the the, the nose spice and yeah. the chocolate and the, the creaminess. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys aren't going gaga over this, but it's because as much time as you're like, man, I love the cream, I love the cream, I love the cream. To me, that was like the most distinctive flavor in it. It, it is nice. I, 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 I want to say maybe the reason I'm not harping on so much is when I, I... I will say this. The pairing worked. Yeah. But when I would take a drink of the beer, the beer's flavors certainly would overwhelmed out. whatever was going on with the cigar. Yeah. But not in a bad way. No. I, I just think the, the beer has a little more personality than the cigar. Um, I can from, see that. From a, I can completely okay. see that. From an impression standpoint. Okay. Um, but they both left good impressions. How's that? No. Very much. You want to talk price point? Yeah. Let's go with you, Tut. What do you think? Um, I will go nine fifty. Nine fifty. Hmm. I'm adjusting for the... Ooh. Well, this has been in your humidor for a year. So it hasn't been affected by the... But if you're looking up today's prices with the tobacco increases... Today's, I'm giving you 
today's price. All right, I'll, with the tobacco increase, I'll uh, I'll go nine fifty. I'm gonna say this is probably right around eleven. All right, I'm gonna go nine even. It is oh nine even. Wow, you are so smart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nine bucks. Yeah, okay. Um, which I think I mean two hours more. Yeah, right around easily. Um, I'll be smoking on this for a little bit longer. Um, boy, really after that first third came alive. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a better cigar along that, like you said, after the first third. Um, I will also tell you, uh, viewers and listeners of our show can visit LondonTobacconist.com, who has these guys in, in stock, enter promo code TNCC at checkout and get a 20% discount. Ooh. Very nice. That's a hot lead. Hot Very lead. Nice. Yeah. So, um, boy, I looked back at, at my notes from the show we did on the, the first one. Yeah. Um, the Absinthe Infused. And, boy, we really liked construction-wise and flavor. Yeah. Um, so this is this is two alpha offerings that uh, that we've liked. Yeah. I actually would like to go back and, and get one that maybe was way more absinthe to see what that experience is, yeah. is all about. But, uh, yeah, give it a thumbs up. All right. Uh, I will say we talked a little bit about the cigar. Maybe the, the beer being a little too strong and flavorful that maybe. So as for science... I have switched uh, the last third of the cigar. I'm going to be drinking a Coors Golden Banquet beer. Um, Golden Colorado. From Golden Colorado, Golden ironically. Colorado. Uh, Yak Boy picked these up for our pregame and postgame festivities. By that, I mean when we just sit around and <laughs> stare at each other in silence before Hooper the show. Hooper style. <laughs> Hooper style. Uh, it's a very Hooper-esque uh, bottle of beer. I will not be pouring it into a pint glass because that's very un-Hooper-esque. No. You didn't see Jocko no. and Hooper uh, using glasses. Um, Jack Daniels comes in a bottle. That's made of glass. Why do I need one? <laughs> well, we're going to learn that Jocko maybe should have done some things differently with his life here pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, uh, boy, I haven't had one of these in a long time. Let me take a swig here. That is just terrible. <laughs> That's actually got a little bit of sweetness. I don't I, uh it's got a little bit of sweetness on the on the back end. That's it's, the it's, oil from the dreadlocks that all the hipsters have been wearing as they've been touring. No, the, uh, no, that's from the water. Like from I said, from the, the from the bold from... Rocky Mountains. It's in the water. You'd think after how many years has Coors been in business? You think the all the rivers and streams would be dried up by now? They just keep sucking all that water up for their beer. Is that uh, not how it works? Yes, that's not how it works, not how it works at all. All right, well. If you guys would like to try a course. It's a natural, renewable cycle. You drink it. Then you, you pee it, it out. The they collect it. Put it back in the bottle. Circle life. Circle life, boys. Ha ha! Ha That's oddly specific. I think that was the tree of life. <laughs> <laughs> the next day on set, yeah. the director has fired a screenwriter. Who needs them, right? As he has re-envisioned the finale of the film to be an epic action stunt crazy masterpiece. Now he wants the ending scene to revolve around a major earthquake. That seems like a big choice. Uh, taking place with buildings crashing down, car crashes galore. Young Ski pipes up, uh, suggesting 
He could jump a car over an enormous gorge. That'd be cool. And Hooper's all on board. Why wouldn't he be? Young guy's like, I can do it. Yeah, but Hooper's excited. He's got like some spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, this young guy's breathing some new some new life into Hooper. Um, or maybe he's just high on pain pills. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, yeah, there was a scene <laughs> in the meeting. Coley's inject, injecting uh, Hooper's ass with some, some happy stuff. <laughs> well, it'll take a rocket car to jump over the 300-foot chism. Chasm? Chasm. 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 I've heard it all three ways. Was it chism? Yeah, because you just said it like all three ways. Yeah, and I heard it. <laughs> I can't. Get, I can never get the third laugh. It's the third one that, yeah. that really makes it Reynolds. Well, this will be the longest jump ever performed on film, almost doubling the current record. It'll literally be, they say, the greatest stunt in movie history. Bum, bum, bum. And a smiling Hooper, he's always smiling, tells the director the biggest stunt calls for the biggest paycheck. So I want 50 grand for me and 50 grand for the kid. Ski. For some stupid, insane, moronic reason, I chose this moment in the film as Hooper reflects on his limited longevity because this is like his swan song. Yeah. Get the big money. His ticking biological stuntman clock, if you will. To look up how old our buddy Bert was when he made this movie. I don't know why I do this. He's our fucking age. <laughs> a, man at the, a man at the end of his line. A man staring at He's his own mortality. He's broken and battered. He's he can't our, go on any longer. He's our fucking The drugs man. no longer mask the, the pain. decline of his own relevance. He's our age. He's our age. Gee, thanks, movies. <laughs> and, and what was funny was we took a break uh, just a few moments ago. Um, obviously, we have to use the restroom around here every once in a while. Um, we acted like Hooper as we got up from our chairs. Like my knee gave out on me. His back was hurting. We like wobbled over to the restroom. Uh, I don't like where this movie's taking us. Can't feel anything if you're numb. Drink. Drink. Let's follow Jocko's wise wisdom. You know, my cousin, uh, DC, who we've talked about occasionally here on the show, my grandpa, Cade, uh, gave him the nickname of Jocko when he was a little boy. And uh, I was Hands. Grandpa had a nickname for everybody. I was Hands. He always called me Hands because I was always getting into shit. Going through drawers. The ladies. No, he was dead before I started <laughs> messing around with girls. Anyway, but he called uh, because of BZ Jocko. And the kid grew up his whole life thinking it was because he was really good at sports. But, oh, okay. But it turns out there was a monkey on TV called Jocko who my grandpa <laughs> thought my cousin looked like. <laughs> so the whole time so at one like family gathering finally like when he was like I don't know in his 20s he was bragging about his yeah you know grandpa always thought I was I was a really skilled athlete and uh, he saw it early on and uh, no he thought you looked like a monkey <laughs> that's horrible yeah was that at least an adorable monkey no oh well it's that- like one of those little monkeys I think that plays the cymbals 
Like the little one from Raiders Lost Ark. Tiny symbol, baby. Weird monkeys. Anyway, don't ever look up how old somebody is in like an old... I remember the last time I did it was Die Hard. I was like, holy shit, I'm older than Bruce Willis in Die Hard? Well, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. You know what? I'm going to go against Hooper. I'm going to pour this into a glass. I can't drink beers out of bottles anymore. I'm one of the top 11 beer experts in the world. I gotta. Wait, no, cigar expert. I've heard it both ways. Oh boy, it looks like I'm pouring water. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I realize now why we drink these after four hours of drinking other stuff. Because they are, in fact, hydration. I was about to say, or on a 100 degree uh, day. This would not be a spring beer. It's an anytime beer. <laughs> it's a beer you brush your teeth with. <laughs> that is Hooper style. Now, I don't know why they didn't. Pro- they probably have a scene. They just edited it out. Him just brushing his teeth with gourd. By the way, it does nothing with this, uh, the, the cigar. was the exact same. It does nothing with anything. No, no, no. I'm clearly not a beer expert. Uh, this is a misstep. A rare misfire uh, from your TNCC heroes. Well, you don't know if you don't try well, uh, after the meeting there on set, we cut to the hospital where Hooper arrives to find an emotionally distraught Gwen crying in the hallway. Her dad, Jocko, has had a stroke. Uh, the stubborn old bastard fell in the shower and he's in pretty bad shape, she says. Hooper doesn't look surprised by this at all. I fell in the shower this morning. Uh, and why would he be? He was up till dawn drinking with the old guy. Of course he's something happened to him. The guy's like 70 years old drinking Jack Daniels at 5 in the morning. It's amazing he's still still alive at all. Uh, Jocko, who doctors say may never walk again. Um, Which again, is that really a crushing blow? We've only seen him sitting around drinking whiskey. (laughs) When has he walked? Oh great, now I gotta drink whiskey in a chair. Well, he... (laughs) <laughs> well, he and Hooper have a little heart-to-heart there in the hospital room. And the end result is Hooper telling Gwen that this jump is going to be his swan song. Uh, it'll pay him enough money to pay off the ranch, stock it with some animals. And cores. And cores. <laughs> it'll buy me two semi-trucks load of cores, which will last me a couple of years. And he also tells her that he loves her, and they start making it. When Gwen, I was just really waiting to see, like, in the corner, Jocko at his bed, like, <laughs> upside-down bottle of Jack Daniels' <laughs> IV. It's an IV in him? Oh, yeah. It's the only thing keeping him alive. <laughs> well, when Gwen and Hooper get back to the ranch, you know, they had a little moment there at the hospital. I'm sure they're ready to do it. Now, Coley's passed out, or he's drinking on the couch. Um, you might want to save some of that tequila for breakfast, uh, Hooper tells him. Uh... Breakfast idea for tomorrow. Um, the bottle is not going to last till breakfast, though. Coley's drinking with purpose tonight because he's been fired from the production in order for them to afford these new stunts. Yeah, uh, they had to. They said they had to get rid of some dead wood, and my wood's dead. Do you think that he was talking about his wiener, or was that just? I think it was just in general. I think it was the. Yeah, I think it's funnier if you picture it that way. But. I know. 
You don't want to picture Rocco people no, trying uh, to erection uh, erection problems. No. Yeah, I just had a. I just realized that Burt Reynolds played Boss Hogg in the Dukes of Hazard movie. Sure did. Yeah. Talk about full circle. Sure did. That's probably why he did it. Yeah. But James Best wasn't in that. No. He's still alive. Yeah. No. That's he? weird, right? I'm gonna pay tribute to my old friend. I'm right here. <laughs> Could you pay tribute to me by letting me be in this movie? I'm broke. I'm doing it in remembrance of him. I'm back here. <laughs> Hello. Not- I just gave you Percocets, Bert. <laughs> um. <laughs> drunk as drunk ass Cully also spills the beans to Gwen about Hooper's doctor visit. How he said he was one stun away from being paralyzed. And, oh, by the way, that stunt he's doing tomorrow, it's a rocket car stunt that's never been done before, and it's crazy dangerous. Hooper, because they haven't practiced it whatsoever. <laughs> no, we're going to do this stunt. Do you want to, like, maybe, what, work out the logistics? No, no, no. No, no, no. Same old thing. Show Hooper up. steps out of his trailer, gets in the car, and <laughs> does it. Uh, well, Hooper has had enough of his, yeah, this is his best friend, but he's running his mouth way too much, so he knocks his ass out, flips him over a couch. That's what real men do. Yes. And um, actually, this is what real men do afterwards. He punches him out, and then he goes to a bar and gets shit ass drunk. Palomino Club. The Palomino Club. I'm back. They're still sweeping up from the last time you were here. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's always welcome. Well, they got to spend an inordinate amount of money there. This is the 18th window we've replaced <laughs> this year. It's weird, too. The place didn't have a roof. It was like an it out- did, but it, it was like a wooden outdoor fence around the the. Ex- well, I think it has like an indoor and outdoor. Oh, it's like a just a like Johnny's. Here. It's kind of it's it's a mashup. When they were on the the when they had the big bar fight, I think they were like inside, and then this was their outside part, the patio, the patio. Right. It, it they are supposed to be in sunny California. Actually, a lot of this, I think, was filmed in Alabama. Get out. I think so. At least a lot of the stunt stuff. No, I mean, uh, literally, just get out of here. All right, here's my notes. <laughs> here's where I left off. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be at the pub. <laughs> well, he gets so shit-ass drunk at the Palmino Club that when he uh, strikes out at talking a waitress to sleep with him, uh, I get the feeling that doesn't happen a lot either. He was kind of surprised himself. Well... Her husband is the bartender, and he's like, Hooper, when you're hitting on my old lady with me in your presence, it's time for me to call you a cab. And Hooper's like, nah. And he falls out of his... I was just waiting for the bartender, like, well, you've been hitting on my wife, so I'm going to punch you. He wasn't just hitting on her. He was chewing on her arm. <laughs> he literally, like, yes. like a dog. <laughs> um, but everybody loves Hooper. Um, he falls off his bar stool unconscious, which is interesting because an hour later he's back at the ranch riding around on a horse well, in the middle of the night, sober as can be. Um, his favorite black horse. He spots Gwen sitting nearby in her little red negligee. Is that right? Yeah, is that what that was? Yes. Negligee. Uh, and he jumps the horse over the fence and makes tender love to her on the I grass. I might have to rewind that window scene when she gets up and goes to the window. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? You can just keep the DVD. I don't want that back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, though, it's kind of a very meta moment of self-awareness, I think. Because this it's a very close shot of the stuntman jumping the horse over the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's not Burt Reynolds. It's definitely not. So it's a movie about stuntman where we're showing you a different stuntman playing this stuntman. Yeah. That's kind of weird. And I like the fact that I don't think they really tried to hide it at all. No, no, I think it was intentional. It's like, hey, we just showed you a stuntman being the stuntman who... Pretends to be man. other people. Yeah. There's like three levels of meta. <laughs> Way to go, how, they how need like, They brought in like a stunt horse for the other horse. <laughs> with the stunt man for the fictional stunt man. And the guy has a terrible Reynolds mustache and wig. Like it, they did, I thought it was kind of a cool moment. If it was intentional, it was really cool. Yeah. If it was unintentional, it's like, really, how? Um... Uh, <laughs> Heavy shit, boys. Heavy, heavy shit there to contemplate. Or it could just be a total fuck up, like I said. Uh, I'm way off base, as per usual. The next day on set, Hooper tells the director that he won't do the stunt. After making love to Sally Field all night, he, I got, I got something to live for here. Um, I think my life's pretty good. Yeah, for Roger Deal isn't having it. And you're not going to stalk that ranch with Coors if you don't do this thing. Oh, okay, I'm back on board. You know what? I'll have Young Ski do it solo if you won't do it. And in a nutshell, Deal's not, the director's not backing down. You can't have him do it. That's a two man stunt. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Chewing his gun. <laughs> Even this, he's not really giving too much. Uh, a man could die here. <laughs> um, either the stunt goes down, or, or basically the director tells the producer. Either this stunt happens, or I walk off. And the, the studio will never let that happen. This guy just made a hundred million dollar movie. He's what kind of movie is it? Is it worth life. a man's life? That old guy, the producer. <laughs> he's from The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You watch that one of these days. We'll see a third one. <sighs> I didn't mind the third one. Yeah. I didn't mind the third one. <clears throat> third one was decent. Yeah, decent. Well, check these movies out. You guys tell me the good stuff to watch. I saw today that David Chase has signed on to make a prequel to The Sopranos a movie. I don't know about that. But the old days between the Italian and the the African American riots in the '60s and who survived in the streets of Jersey, I'll watch it. Interesting. Didn't De Niro make that called Brooklyn Tales or something like that? I think the lady who jumped out of the cake was in Brooklyn Tales. T-A-I-L-S. Well, it, it could have been anything. I don't know if Scorsese was involved in that one. Probably. Look that up. Well, Cully finds Hooper at the Palomino Club drowning in sorrows. Imagine that. Um, they're instantly best friends again, too, after Hooper knocked his ass out the night before. Just a little friendly fight. Um, are you still mad at me, boss? Sit down. Shut up. And I love how he's like, a little early in the morning for the hard stuff, ain't it? The waitress has already handed him a Bloody Mary. I know. He's drinking too. <laughs> That's why I'm never worried about you guys calling me out on my drinking. Because <laughs> I know get damn well you guys are going to have a drink in your hand. Hey, don't you? 
Think you've had a little bit too much there? So the first intervention handled at a pub. <laughs> well, we've got to have somewhere to go to for the after party. <laughs> um, Corey Haim style. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, they're instantly best friends again. Sorry, Corey. I love that, though. Like, hey, man, you were out of line for talking all that shit to Gwen. I had to knock you out, but hey, today's a new day. It's very Australian of them. It's very Australian of them. All right, whatever. <laughs> uh, Coley still tells, good, Mike. You're still, you're still my buddy. That was yesterday's problems. <laughs> Coley tells Hooper that uh, Ski has been promoted to stunt coordinator on the film. He's taken Hooper's spot. There's a whole new breed of stuntmen coming along, Hooper says. They're younger, stronger, tougher than us. They don't take pills. They don't drink. They don't take shots. They use little pocket calculators. And if we don't watch out, they're going to blow us right to kingdom come. And I think it's at this moment that Coley knows the story isn't over. Like, Hooper, he's not going out like that. He's got he's got one left in the, one left in the cannon. One round. Yeah. Head down. And certainly not over, as the film's old veteran producer, Max, the guy we were just talking about, comes to beg Hooper at his house to do the rocket car scene. Hooper's the film's only hope. And if Hooper gives in, uh, if nothing else, for the money, if you won't do it for that, what about our longstanding friendship? You know, I've put you in a lot of pictures, Max says. Although this longtime old-ass producer says, if you don't come back, I'm going to be selling door-to-door aluminum siding. Yeah, and he was kind of serious about it. Like, dude, have you saved nothing? <laughs> no, it's Hollywood. <laughs> Do you know what this what these parties cost? This film expertly shows us, though, how much Hooper takes his friendships and the loyalties that are inherently attached to those friendships seriously. You know, he gets more pissed off in this movie when Coley gets fired, his buddy. Yeah, Max. Hey, man, the guy's giving a lot of work. He's always the first one to come over and congratulate Hooper on a good stunt. It, it means something to him that he, he's got to do it. He'll do it for this guy. Um, I like that. Speaking of putting friendships above all else, Gwen tells Hooper that if he does the stunt, she won't be there when he gets back. He just looks at her and walks out. That's not to say, man. Hardcore. It was just like, uh, you know, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, hardcore. And on the other hand, I'm like, Sally, you need to walk. You just saw what he summed you up as. Wait, you think you're going to find another guy who lets you bring him beers when he shows up after work and and tries to get it within 10 feet of the, ca- of the trash Good can? Good luck getting another guy's horse drunk. <laughs> no, I think Gwen's... She's, she's shown her... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, like you said, you might as well cast an imaginary dragon for this role. Yeah. Because I don't think there's any of us that were like, she'll be there. She, <laughs> she's not. So she get this show her in like a new relationship. Guy comes home with his briefcase and a suit. She's got two beers waiting for him. He's like, what the fuck? I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Can we come in and just talk a little bit? She's all staring at the beers. I, I should probably go back. No, now do. she marries drunk dad. She's all back. just like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, at least my last boyfriend talked to me. <laughs> Hooper was fun. He took her out. Uh, yeah. Gwen's fucked. I think we all know it. Um, well, when Hooper shows up on set, 
the crew is drooling over a new bright red Pontiac Firebird that's been transformed into the rocket car. Oh, I love yeah. how they call it the rocket car. The rocket car. Hooper and Ski take it for a test drive, you know, for scientific research purposes. Uh, but they end up just sitting on the hood of it down by the beach with an impressive mountain of course cans stacked between <laughs> them. Let's just pull over here. Let's talk for a minute. You've been talking for 30 seconds, and you have 18 beer cans behind you. It was a nice pyramid. It was a yeah, they actually make a little pyramid of cans between them. Uh, <laughs> Which I don't know if that's like if that's supposed to be saying something bad about cores. Like these two guys, three hundred pounds between them, they just drink down. Oh, and forty-eight this, beers. At one point, a cop comes over to him, you know, like a beach cop, and he's like, uh, "I'm guessing you guys are intoxicated." <laughs> And uh, Reynolds tells him, nah, don't worry about it. I called my mom. She's coming to get us. <laughs> and the cop yeah. drives away like... 42-year-old guy wearing an all-denim suit <laughs> with a giant mustache and a cowboy hat. Oh, your mom's coming to get you, huh? <laughs> all right. Sounds legit. <laughs> he leaves. Uh, well, it is the 70s. It is the 70s. Young Ski tells Hooper that he's had a real uh, effect on him. Since he met Hooper, his marriage is in the shitter and he can't stop drinking. <laughs> that's what said to me when we first met. That's all true. Uh, man, if I had a Coors Banquet beer for every time a friend told me that, I'd have a lot of Coors Banquet beers. Three, eight, 54. <laughs> it just keeps going up. Why? Well, Hooper tells him, you know what? My current status with Gwen isn't exactly golden like these golden beers. Uh, you see, kid, relationships are a lot like drinking and driving. Eventually, there's going to be a hell of a wreck. Speaking of. Speaking of which, we're out of beer. Let's go let's get, get some. Let's get the rocket car. Well, let's get the rocket car. Go get some more road beers. <laughs> Hooper. <laughs> uh, yeah, so speaking of drinking and driving, that old copper tries to pull their drunk asses over. They pull up next to him on the highway. Bert's sitting in the passenger seat drinking some Coors. Hey! <laughs> Smart ass is off to him. Um, tries to pull him over, but they hit the... Is it nitrous in the rocket car? Did they use that back then, or is it something this else? This is like an actual rocket. <laughs> it's like rocket fuel. It was literally a rocket. No, it wasn't nitrous. There's dials and knobs and gauges. Well, they and- hit some button and just... They're, they're a history. It was just like a steel. Oh, but right before they do it, dials. right before Hooper tells Ski to hit to hit it, he throws a beer can at the end of the cop car <laughs> and throws it at him, and then they do it. We never had the balls to do that. That's, it wasn't the seventies. We threw beer cans out of the the car, and they hit cop cars, but it was accidental. Well, uh, the seventies. Seventies. He leaves the five zero in the dust. Um, by the way, I have switched uh, my follow-up cigar tonight is the Acid Blondie. Yeah. I uh, wanted to, since we're going to be talking about acids, I haven't had one in years. It's, it's really a, a different um, smoke. But, I mean, you, you, the aroma off it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got, like, kind of a, like when you walk into Bed Bath & Beyond, the candle department, <laughs> like just a bunch of different... Um, you got pencil shavings, like heavy I, pencil shavings. I said, I said, like you know that 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 fresh cedar 
just I do love pencil shavings. It's it was really good. I'm I'm not saying like it was a bad. I was just like yeah, that's what it's great over at the pencil shop. I just well, <laughs> you guys are weirdos. Is it, is it just me? Yeah, that was totally you. Okay. Um. Well, after drinking an entire case of beer, if not more, they arrive back on set to perform the most ambitious and dangerous stunt in motion picture history. The way it's edited, it seems as if they went straight from the beach to do the stunt. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> Drunk. Yeah. Drunk. Uh, I like their style. And this action sequence, all done in one uninterrupted take, has to be seen to be appreciated. I will not do it justice describing it here. But it is amazing. Here's what you've got. Buildings on fire. Brick towers crumbling to the ground. Motorcycles, ambulances crashing through buildings and over people. Bodies everywhere flying around. It's fucking nuts. It is insane. And it is one giant take. There's one shot that, you know, pre, pre-CGI, where one of those huge brick, I guess, smokestacks? Yeah. yeah. Smokestack. Falls, and that red firebird barely zips past. And that's real. They really did that. It's crazy. Uh, the crew on Hooper, not the movie crew, but not the fictional movie crew, but the real crew, called this scene Damnation Alley because they had never seen anything in the history of their work as stunt guys setting this thing up. I mean, it is one explosion after another. Oh, there's like 23 explosions through this. Oh, and thing. meanwhile, with all the stuff crashing and people's bodies, there's like charges blowing everywhere. And Hooper's having the time of his life. It's he's riding shotgun, skis driving, and he's just giggling and laughing. It's and one of those things to where if if you're going to do a movie about stunts and stuntmen, you have to bring it, and they absolutely. But I couldn't think of another scene to where this would that mm. you could top this. And nowadays, you know, with CGI, I mean, you wouldn't even. Oh yeah, all those explosions would have been done in It would have been a digital building falling I mean, none of it would have had any kind of real I was on the edge of my seat in this thing, it was crazy Don't make them like they used to And I thought it was hilarious how the director, Roger Deal Who's shooting all the action from a helicopter For the big stunt, he decided to wear the fire retardant stuntman jumpsuit for the day With gloves (laughs) Yes He's walking around in this giant padded jumpsuit. What's he gonna? What's he doing? Oh god! Safety first, man. Safety first. Supposer. Anywho, Hooper and Ski. After a brief, Ski hesitates right before they, because they're losing rocket power or whatever. uh, Pressure. Pressure. Be up to a certain psi. And they've been losing it as they've been (laughs) jostled around by those explosions. Uh, He does have a moment of hesitation. Where he stops and he looks at Hooper and he's like, "My life's worth more than a stunt." And Hooper's like, "No, your life's worth fifty grand. That's what you said back there. We're doing this." And then immediately, Ski, who was like, "I can't do this," was like, yeah, "All right. right, we're doing it." <laughs> Hooper, in the seventies. Hooper can talk to you into anything, man. He can sweet talk a horse to take a dump. He can talk this guy into doing that. <laughs> Uh, well, dude, he hits the gas, and this rocket car, an explosion, explosive, a truck labeled explosives, <laughs> blows up this bridge, which is a real bridge they blew up in Alabama that was going to be uh, demoed. demoed. 
and then the rocket car, which I couldn't find anything that said it was a, a model. I guess it was a real rocket car. Well, there was a little brief. If you watch it... There's a moment it, where it looks like a toy. It looks... It's not... Some... It, it, it's a different car. You can tell. Just like... And there's action figures in the <laughs> driving it. But it is still a bit... I mean, it doesn't take away from the... No. The rocket car uh, clears it. And, uh, yeah, they they nailed it. Uh, they Everyone comes over. Everybody's going bananas. They come over to congratulate him, including Gwen. She couldn't stay away. Cully, even though he's fired, he still wanted to see it. And Jocko's there on crutches. He's, he's going to make it. He'll never walk again. He's on crutches. A day matter. later. Doesn't matter. Give me that Jack Daniels <laughs> bottle, boy. <laughs> uh, they just couldn't stay away. They had to see the big stunt. Uh, Roger, the director, pulls Hooper aside uh, to explain to him that in the end, their differences don't really matter. The final film is all that matters. Uh, the, the director, I haven't really given him enough uh, praise. Uh, he's such a condescending kind of elitist prick in this. Apparently, he was based on Peter Bogdanovich, the, uh, you know, um, what's the Paris, Texas, and uh, at this time, at this period of time, it would have been um, Last Picture Show. Oh, okay, yes. Um, you would know him from his on-screen work. He was Melfi's psychiatrist on Sopranos. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but he was kind of the art house critics darling director of the 70s and I guess this was kind of based on based Damn. on him always had an ascot on and uh, <laughs> talking about you know uh, oh that ass there is I forgot to mention there is one good scene with him uh, there's a lot of good scenes with him but there's a scene where he's riding on the stunt truck pointing out how he wants this final scene to go yeah I want this falling and this and his little uh, assistant director, this little weasel, is like, oh, Roger, that's perfect. That's the only way you could accurately shoot this scene. You're a genius. He's like, well, no, Peter. Uh, there's a million ways you could shoot this scene, but this is the right way. <laughs> that's a good little moment. But, uh, you know, hey, man, for a comedian, Robert Klein did a really good job in this. He, he's a dick. He plays a, a, a dick really well. Um, and Roger's big enough to apologize for the way he treated Hooper throughout the production. And I know, Hooper, that you're a big enough man to accept that apology. Well, as usual, Roger, you're wrong, Hooper quips. And then he looks right at the camera. Breaks that wall. Breaks the fourth wall. Go, Bert! And then punches Roger out. Go, Bert! To which there's a little Looney Tune noise, like, like a little, uh, ding! Uh... And then the crew cheers loudly. They all hated Roger. Um, Hooper has finally knocked him out. Everyone's happy. He throws his arm around Gwen, who totally forgot about him walking out on her earlier. Which was literally hours previous. (laughs) Yeah. We're over, Hooper. I'm never going to see you again. There she is. Uh, And again, because he's beat up the director, he's got the girl, Jocko's on crutches, Hooper's happy, so he looks into the... Once again, look straight at the camera, gives us the A-OK sign, freeze frame. That's the end. Everything's going to be okay for Hooper. Ah, good old Hooper. It's the first time I watched this movie. Me too. It's the first time I've seen it. You'd seen it before. I have seen it before. I had never seen it. I, I mean, I like it. I did too. I enjoyed it a lot. I, uh, 
sucks that you have to go through so much to try to get it to to view it again. And and you know what? Surprisingly, we did the right thing, where we bought a DVD from Amazon. Yeah, not an outside seller. It was Prime. Yeah, and it was clearly a bootleg. Yeah. yeah. The sound we had to crank up to a hundred. Yeah. It had no chapters, no menu. The DVD itself just said Hooper on it. <laughs> Hooper. <laughs> what is this? Hooper. Um, yeah. So we we tried, but uh, it was a, it was a well, it terrible copy. It saddens me to think like a movie like this, and you can't just get a copy of it. Yeah. Let alone rent online, but you can't even get a good DVD of it. Yeah, and so I mean, I'll tell you this: what it did make me want to do is go back to a lot of the Burt stuff. Um, you know, the the Sharky's machine, yeah. and yeah. and the Gator. There's so oh. much of that I haven't seen since I was a kid. And he was just yeah, such. I, seen I forgot just what a just a screen presence he was. A unique screen presence. Well, and you know, thinking back, like you just said, Gator and things like that. I mean, those films. Were for their time, you know, intense action flicks. I mean, obviously, time and and well, later on, I think he lost a little bit of the the smarm and the 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 wise ass. Like, remember, was it Stick? Um, where it was kind of more kind of edgy. And, yeah. Um, I think he got away from kind of the fun, the fun a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to go back and watch some of this er- the, these other early things. Well, you know, for the rest of the year, we're only doing Burt Reynolds movies. I'd actually be fine with that. Yeah, I probably would be too. Right? <laughs> well, my favorite growing up, my grandma took me to see it, and I just fell in love with it, and I just was obsessed with it. it was City Heat with oh. him, him and Eastwood? Uh, yes. At, you know, That's Bur- Burt was a PI. Uh, Clint was a, a police detective back in the I guess, 50s, 40s maybe. Um, oh God, I love that movie. But Bert was Bert in that too. Yes. I think that's the movie where he got hurt. I think he took a real chair over the back in a fight or something. Yeah. And from that point on, like he he's actually suffered some pretty constant pain. I don't know if James Best lives with him and injects him with uh, pain pills. Um, perhaps. Let's get Bird on uh, future podcast. Talk to us a little bit. Just don't ask him about Boogie Nights. Let's let's not go He's there. He's not a fan. So that's the biggest regret of his career. Really? The one that got him an Oscar nomination. Why? The 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 material said it was. I think in hindsight he has some problems with the. As opposed to the giant naked titty woman jumping out of the cake over here? Well, it's a little here. bit different than that. And then, like, the, the girls in Boogie Nights, like, what was the name of that? Uh, um, you know, when they're, like, asking them, like, if they can do anal and all that. And I, I think he was a little uncomfortable with yeah with all that in hindsight, which is crazy. He was so good in that. Yeah. Um, but he's still Burt Reynolds. No other kind. I I'll say know, I wish... I wish he would have done more. Uh, you know, it was kind of funny. We were talking about it after we watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, I wish we had a you know a longer run." And you were like, "Well, hell, he had a great run, he had a pretty good run." Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a great run. But there's a lot of you know older stars that got that have received like a renaissance uh, 
Uh, your Harrison Fords, your... But Burt didn't have that renaissance. I mean, yeah, I guess you, if you want to call Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard his renaissance. I mean, he's, I don't think anybody's calling that no, a renaissance. No, nobody is. Uh, the closest thing he got was Boogie Nights, and then that uh, he did that senator role in the movie Striptease. And then he just kind of... Yeah, I mean, just disappeared. I, I, you know, I think the the difference between him and some of these other guys that have kind of Bert was a very specific screen presence, and I, I think there's a lot of movie stars. He was a movie star. Yeah. And a lot of those guys, look at John Travolta. The guy's a movie star. Yeah. They. I mean, you get to a certain point, and it's like, what can we do with you? You're not going to be a dramatic... No, but I think It's that just kind of like, it's, it's, a weird, a it's a weird fit. Of, I think there's a lot of room for that, uh, like the character he played in Striptease. You know, just the, the smarmy senator guy. Yeah. I think he could have played that for days. Well, I think he did. It was just in stuff that we... You know, I think he took a lot of paychecks. Barely, same with Travolta. Yeah. When they get a little, a little fire under their careers, you know, after Pulp Fiction, he did everything. Yeah, that's true. Nicholas Cage, all of a sudden, you know, he, he got into some tax trouble, and he, I'll do fifty movies a year. <laughs> uh, you know, Bert's, you know, he's had some marriages and some things. I think he, I think he, some plastic surgeries to pay for. He looks a little. Freakish, he does. I'm sorry, he does. I haven't seen him recently, but I will say his performance in Boogie Nights was amazing. It was, it was. and it wasn't a Burt performance. There's it not was... even in the, as crappy as Deuce of Hazard was. He was still. I saw that, but comes, I honestly don't remember. When he comes, he doesn't even have to speak a line. Just him being on screen does it for me. I'm like, that's Burt Reynolds, and he's awesome. I like it. Um, I, I'll say this: um, Hooper, ultimately, to me, after talking about it with you guys, and kind of, it just kind of dawned on me. Um, yes, it's a movie full of stunts and about stuntman stuff, but I mean, I think ultimately the movie is about friendship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys, you believe every single friendship without any backstory about, like, yeah, me and Coley went go. No, they don't tell you anything. Yeah. You just really, and due to, you know, his charm and his, his like, and the, the, the decisions he makes in the film based on these friendships. I mean, it's really a, a film about loyalty and friendship and kind of putting that above all else. Like, be loyal to your friends and you'll be all right. Yeah. I think that's what I got from it. I wonder if it's one of those and drink. I want drink drinks, lots of copious amounts. Copious of amounts of alcohol. I wonder if it's one of those kind of professions to where it's kind of like wrestlers, to where you know they might hate each other, but it's still like a very close knit industry. Perhaps we'll get an answer to that question. Yeah, I, I hope we do get to do the interview because because the, the gentleman really who we to... may or may not be interviewing, uh, when I told him that we were pairing his interview with Hooper. He actually seemed excited, and he said he knew a lot of guys that worked on that, worked on that picture. Yeah. Um, that's what they call it in the business, pictures. I thought it was shows. 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 Oh, yeah. That's right. Work on a show. 
Worked on a show. Doing gags on a show. Um, That's another thing. Why did you call it gags? So you know what? Uh, hopefully the interview happens, and if it does, we'll either insert it uh, in a place that makes sense. That's what she said. <laughs> or uh, we'll we'll just put it as its own standalone thing, or no. both. And we do the both sometimes too. We'll, um, we'll see. But uh, it's a fun show. I'm glad, regardless. I really liked it. I really regardless, liked if it. the interview doesn't happen, I'm glad we watched Hooper because I never saw it. It's, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I agree. And it caused us to discover a really good beer. I get this beer. Uh, Dude, Santo was out of the park. Man, really. Yes, fantastic. I will. I'm definitely. If I find it, I'm gonna drink it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, and the Alpha Cigar was nice. Yes, it was. Very um, for two of us, it took a little while. To get going, um, a little effort, but after that first third, it really came alive, and it, it man, creamy, chocolate, a little spice, a little graham, um, it's a good flavor mm-hmm. at a good price point. So, uh, three thumbs up for all the uh, tonight's subjects. I concur. Absolutely, I concur. Four, four. If you're uh, no including my denim shirt, on. there was no molestation going on except for bird biting. You know, poor waitress. This was a good movie. Yes. This one was for (laughs) you guys. Oh. (laughs) Tut, give us some links. Oh, hit us up at at TNCCCast on Twitter. Go to the YouTube page, uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. You can also find us on Facebooks, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Hit us at Instagram at TNCC underscore. Podcast. Is that it? Yes. Uh, also, let us know on the Facebook page if you would like me to continue wearing a lot of denim on the show. <laughs> Please say um, no. Please say no. Man, I mean, your denim just does not match up to this awesome. Man, show. I'm so proud of you for the uh, for the ad. That that you, James Best would be proud. God rest his soul. I'm just saying. When oh, wait, I saw he's the, not dead. <laughs> no, he's not. He's still, wearing, he? he's still wearing the bell bottoms with the stitch stars on the. I wish there. I had time to stitch some stars onto this shirt, but you know, <laughs> I, I got a lot going on. I'm, I'm a busy man. Um, but uh, dude, you came correct tonight. I appreciate it. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. You let me down. No, I'm... no mustache, no toupee, no nothing. You know how difficult it is to find a good toupee. Get ready to spend the next week giving Cade Percocets and shots in the ass. Starting in three, two, one. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. You're going to learn all about liberty tonight, my God. Sayonara, motherfuckers. See you next week. Learn more about the time I found myself stuck in a precarious 69 while vacationing off the eastern coast of the Philippines back around 1987 or so. Well, folks, you just kind of had to have been there because that's one of Cool Key's erotic tales from the sea that he plans on taking to the grave with him. Let's just say it involved lots of baby oil, a snorkel, a jar of spicy mustard, and possibly a papaya or two. Ah, summer nights. All year long. And uh, in the meantime, 
To learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit www.alphacigar.com and www.starnold.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs>